Hey, John, you ready to start the program? Sure. <clears throat> if you could hear the pre-flight, you know that that's, I, I identified that as officially. When John types the four letters, S-U-R-E, in a text channel, it's, it looks exactly like it sounds when he says, sure. Well, I'm trying to, when, when I use that, I use that phrase with my, my kids and my family too. It's like, it's better than like, okay. Oh, I agree. And you don't, and you thumb, don't include a period. You don't include a period. Better than thumbs up, it's I not, guess. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying that that that's you in four letters. Sure. Because, because you could read it a lot of different ways. You know, like you don't want to look desperate and needy and be like, sure, exclamation point. Right. Like yeah, that's not that's not what I'm I going know. for. Right. But it can actually be happy. Like, hey, do you want to, you know, get uh, Thai food? It's a compliment. Tonight? Sure. It's a compliment. Yes. Yes. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. All right. You know, anyway. But you also sometimes mean it as, yeah, yeah, whatever, Merlin. Sometimes. No, which if is I meant fine whatever, too. I would say whatever. Would you put a period? Mm, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. What about an ellipsis? No, I am. Are you the guy I'm a boomer? <laughs> um, we got uh, we got some uh, some uh, pretty interesting um, follow up here. Yeah, in a past episode, we talked about live streams, that old thing from the '80s or '90s. The idea that that we could, that we could barely remember, let alone the listener. And it's the thing where the idea is in the future. In the future, you'll be able to associate all kinds of information because. Was it originally the conception that it would be doing a screen grab of your screen? Was that the original conception? No, of it was more like a way of organizing information, organizing mm-hmm. it as a, as a time-ordered stream of things that you've experienced. And that's how all the information would be organized primarily. And then you could take different slices at it, but like they, you often showed it as an actual like 3D stream of stuff, but like things that you've encountered while using your computer, we will record and organize them based on time and that you can go backwards and forwards through your live stream and find all the things that you would experience based on when you experience them. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was an idea that was well before its time. Technology did not exist to do that, but it was an idea. Like, what if what if in the future this is how we organize information? It might make some things easier and make some things possible that are not possible today when it seems like so much that we do on computers comes and goes uh, without any way to retain it. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, and also, if you don't know, to, to I mean, like, there's this sort of, like, um, ambient collection of things like that, like we talked about with bookmarks. But if you didn't know the import of something, I mean, with Gmail, I can go find my first email with you. I could find my first email, you know, well, not with my wife, but I don't go that far back. <laughs> but it's on cuneiform. But but you know what I mean? Like those kinds of things, those background ambient things keep track of that. But unless you knew to like do a screenshot of something or whatever, you you wouldn't even know that it was significant. You know what I mean? Yep, and the, the the relevance in the modern world is we all find ourselves saying, where did I see that thing? And there's so mm-hmm. many venues if you're extremely online, as we both are. Um, where did I see that thing? Was it on Twitter? Was it an email? Was it in a web page? Was it in one of the umpteen slacks? Was it in a, a work chat? Was it in messages? And, you know, even if we're diligent about stopping off at each one of these way stations and find, using the search feature there to try to find it's just... It's cumbersome. And as you said, what if it was, you know, it, it came and went and you did nothing explicitly to record it. And, you know, especially in things like web browsers or whatever it was, it, it went by. And even if you could search through your history to find it, it wouldn't be there anymore because it was a dynamically generated web page. It was based on a form submission and blah, blah, blah. So live streams, it just made me think of live streams as a, a very old idea that mm-hmm. actually has relevance today. 
And I described like how with modern technology, you might go about implementing something like this, that today we are a lot closer to having the technology to do something approaching this. Um, albeit it would have to sort of be built into the OS to really be done right. But anyway, relevant to that, someone sent me a pointer to APSE, which is, uh, I'm assuming it's a, uh, abbreviation for a personal, a personal search engine apps, apps. not a fan of the name, but anyway, Mm-mm. uh, this app, according to the very simple description <laughs> on the website in a little vi- a video, this is what it does. You run it. It periodically takes screenshots of the screen of your computer and then it OCRs them. And then at any point you can do a full text search of all of the screenshots that it has taken of your computer. And if you type something and it matches the screenshot, it'll show you the screenshot. I have not installed this program, but based on the website, that is my understanding of how it works. It's available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Linux, jeez. And it's uh, you can it's got a subscription model. I don't know what the pricing is. Trial you can try free for fourteen days. Personal. It's funny though because in that little um, they're. I mean, I understand they need to explain this, but it's funny how much like, you know, professor speak they're using here. Uses computer vision apps. Uses a computer vision algorithm. Ooh, called optical character recognition. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it does screenshots and then it does you know. What what Google Photos and that yep. Apple Photos does, but and yeah, I think I, I described something yeah. like this on the live streams episode. I was like, oh, this is this is something we could do with today's technology. But uh, I think I also said, of course, it would be a privacy nightmare. This website explicitly says we don't upload anything to the cloud; everything is on your computer. But here's the thing: it's even if it doesn't actually transfer your data anywhere. Uh, this is kind of getting into the other thing that some people uh, thought of when I mentioned live streams. The idea that you are willingly recording your own activity all day to this degree, with sort of like in the background without you noticing, mm-hmm. is itself kind of a bim bam style blast my cash risk, right? Yeah. Um, like think of the people I mean, who, just because just because I've got a safe that has all of the receipts for my gambling debts in it doesn't make it particularly safe for me to have a record of my gambling debts. Right. Or like whatever. The, yeah. the, think of the people who, this is what I was thinking of when uh, people thought of uh, when I said live streams, uh, the people who like strap a camera to their forehead and just record their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week for months as part of some academic project. This has been done at various times. I think the Media Lab did this. There's some people who just do this as a matter of course, as an interesting experiment. What would it be like if I recorded literally every second of my time? And some people did this project well before we had the technology for tiny cameras. So they had this, quite a rig that they would wear and use <laughs> under a giant foam cowboy hat <laughs> yeah like all the time at 24 yeah. hours a day seven days a week for I, I justine did here. that she upset me very much at uh, macworld one year because i justine who was i think then at i justine.tv or whatever um yeah yeah there, there that was that was hot for a while wasn't justin tv like that was all it was was just like people like um who was the girl who was the girl uh jenny jenny cam I do not remember that speaking of iJustine, I saw iJustine's hands uh, close up of a YouTube video recently and it made me like feel my own mortality. Oh no. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, when you see someone's hands, it's, uh-huh. it's easier to tell how old they actually are. Uh, right? Yeah. And I said, yeah. iJustine is old enough to have these hands. How oh, old boy. must I be? And then I looked at my hands and it's like, oh yeah. no. We should, I should, I should have started moisturizing a long time ago. Should have bought dinner. Yeah. But anyway, like, so, so this, this, uh, the, this apps thing is kind of like the, the live stream. So not the live stream. So the thing where you record your whole mm-hmm. life is like, okay, that's interesting as an experiment, but you do realize now you have recorded footage of every moment of your life. And that's not, that's a liability. 
like like the re- mm-hmm. receipts for your gambling does even if you know even if you think you have well, i have nothing to hide like it basically is a a ticking time bomb of your privacy it's like your privacy hasn't been violated yet but the potential energy to destroy your privacy is sitting right over there and it's like do i want do i want that record to even exist do i want the possibility of that record you know quote unquote falling into the wrong hands do i even want to be able to see Every moment of my life in the past <laughs> right. month, probably not. I know, so I know, I know. The, the I idea know. of an app that takes a screenshot of my screen, unbeknownst to me, at a regular interval. I don't know if I would derive enough value from that. I mean, I mean, this is one of those things like buying insurance, I guess, where like the one day you need it pays for all the times you didn't. Mm-hmm. But did, did you watch, um, have you watched Yellow Jackets? Yep. Um, to use a phrase from the flop house, you're basically creating your own evidence dungeon. So like when she has her little safe, with you know the burner phone and everything in it i love you know that actress used to be married to jimmy simpson from uh everything from sunny which actor are you talking about um the dark-haired woman who you know the main character basically on yellow jackets who do you think is the main character the uh the i think she's very much the main character there's the girl from leftovers there's misty my god i love misty no but the the dark-haired girl who who makes like out with shauna uh, the boyfriend. something yeah yeah shauna yeah shauna I'm, I'm not sure she's the main character but okay yeah. Well, anyway, she's. Yeah. Not, I don't remember. Evidence Dungeon. Safe? What's it? I mean, did they come up with this? Is that a, is that a is that a Flophouse TM? Evidence Dungeon is. is uh, I don't think Flophouse coined that. I think that's just a, a thing in horror movies. <laughs> but you basically open one cellar door, do throw a latch, and then you walk into basically <laughs> twenty five years of girl murders or whatever. Like you know, yeah. I guess it's, it's uh, again security by obscurity. As long as you don't know there's a cellar, I guess they'll never figure it out. But like. Yeah, I, I feel you. I don't know if I would derive value from this. I, is the I can't. Is this a YouTube video? No, probably not. Um, this all looks very. The, the video doesn't say too much, but that's the thing. Like, even if it's even if it's as simple as like to give an example, people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing sneaky things on your computer, right? <sighs> that's here, right. Here's we a, talked about this, right? And how much we hate when people say that. Yeah, but but, but okay. even setting that aside, if like you don't even have to explain the nuances of that situation, to this just think of it this way. Um, if you use a password manager, there may at certain points be a time when you want to hit that little thing that says like reveal the password. Don't just show it to me in bullets, but show it for real because I want to confirm something. Right. If the screenshot grabs that, congratulations. You yeah. have and it, you have you have uh, screenshotted and then OCR'd one of your passwords, basically making, you know, and it's like, well, isn't that password safe because it's on my computer? It's not as safe as it is inside one password or the keychain. I mean, you download you download a text file, a probably twenty k text file, and look for things that aren't English words, aren't dictionary words, and you're going to find a whole bunch of passwords. Yeah, and, and like you just it just sits in an OCR database or whatever. Like that's the problem with this. It's taking screenshots periodically, and you don't know when. So right. doing a legitimate activity like hitting the little eyeball to see the password in a password field briefly to confirm that you got the right thing or to see it in your password manager, that might get captured. And that's sort of like accidentally leaking and exfiltrating your passwords from their secure store and one password of the keychain into a plain text database maintained by this APSE app. Because this APSE app has no idea what on the screen is sensitive or valuable and what is not. Right. For it to for it to function anywhere near in a useful way, it needs to just be sucking down everything that it can identify as text without knowing 
yeah. what the significance is. And it's easy to turn it on and off. So you could be diligent mm-hmm. and say, okay, now I'm going to go into one password. I'm going to turn it off. But this is why the features like this really would have to be built into the OS to this, in the same way that the OS can enforce, like you can't copy and paste from these fields. Or you or can't you screen a, grab Netflix. Yeah, if you take a screen grab, this will be blacked out or mm-hmm. whatever. If we had built operating systems starting in the 90s based on the idea of live streams, we would have dealt with these problems and they would be, you know, the solutions to them would be integrated into the system. But our current operating systems do not work this way at all. And so trying to retrofit them is very difficult. Yep. Well, it's interesting. I'll, I'll watch the video. Glad to know it's out there. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm already freaked out by, by everything. Ugh. Um, apps. Boy, that's, that's tough. You know, speaking of Google, you should, you should go check out apps. What? what? Go check yeah. out apps. I think I should call it like ASP, like the, what, the snake from the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Genesis. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Memberful. You can learn more about Memberful right now by visiting memberful.com slash diffs. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience, and it's used by the biggest creators on the web, including me. If I'm being honest, you can generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program. Well, I sure hope you have. You should join it, relay.fm slash RD. Uh, what you may not know is that Memberful is the platform that we use for that program. Without Memberful, there would be no program. They make it super easy to generate extra revenue and uh, to deliver bonus content to your members. Uh, it says here to talk about my personal experience, but I always feel weird on this part because my personal experience is they set it up and it works. So <clears throat> if you want somebody to, you know, uh, tell you how it was difficult or something, I'm not your fella uh, because it just makes it real easy for folks to support uh, what we do. That's how I choose to look at it anyway. And uh, memberful.com uh, makes that real easy. But, but what are you out there doing? Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're uh, making a podcast, producing other kinds of, as we like to say, content. Maybe you're relying on advertising and other means of income. This is an advertisement. So, wow, I feel like I've locked my keys inside of a different Merlin. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything that you need to run a membership program. This includes custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, love Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more. Uh, But it leaves you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. Now you can send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful without needing to connect to a third-party email provider. That's pretty great. You can even publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful-hosted members-only website. That's a feather in their cap. No additional fees when you're signed up for Memberful's pro or premium plans. Plus, you'll save money compared to other popular hosted newsletter platforms. So if you're out there creating content or making stuff, as I like to say, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Passion into money. That's that's part of what they help you with is Memberful. So right now you go and you get started for free. You go to memberful.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. There's no credit card required. You just go. Memberful.com slash diffs. I'm going to spell that for you. M-E-M-B-E-R-F-U-L dot com slash diffs. You go there now and you check it out. Could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for supporting Reconcilable Differences and literally all of Relay FM. We have, uh, hey, you know what, uh, John, you should mention to your listeners that uh, this is a, uh, I probably shouldn't say this because we're not entirely certain what we're going to talk about. This is a little, we're playing Spin the Choice tonight a little bit. Um, did, did we decide what we're talking about after? 
Mm-hmm. I think we did. I think we did. John, what are we talking about after for, for um, our, our beloved um, Relay.fm um, members? Yes, this is one of our special episodes where we have extra content that you only get to hear if you are a Relay FM member. If you're not, the show will just end. But if you are a member, the show will keep going. And by the way, there'll be, there'll be no ads in your show either. So if you want to become a Relay.fm member and support Reconcilable Differences, go to Relay.fm slash RD slash join. Uh, sign up, become a member, pay a small amount of money each month, and then you will get a special feed of the show that has no ads in it and that once per month has extra content, sometimes doubling the length of the show because we're very talkative. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to hear if you're not a member. So this week's... You, you uh, also get a bonus just for what's worth. You also get a bonus guitar riff. Yeah, sure, you do. And uh, mm-hmm. and there are special yearly special member episodes where we have a special guest, including wallpapers, all the wallpapers, past yearly special yeah. member mm-hmm. episodes, plus the special member episodes for all the other shows in Relay FM, yada, yada. Um, yep. So this this week, our in our after show, we are going to talk about Merlin's Wisdom Project, which if you are a fan of the MPU, you have heard mentioned and discussed on past shows. But I have some things I want to ask him about the Wisdom Project as well. That will be in the after show. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but should we get should we get right to the meat? Yeah. So for the regular show, the topic we've <laughs> chosen after some discussion and debate. <laughs> is a, a, a larger I don't know about the second part of this. It's it's a thing. All right. A larger okay. expansion of my discussion on other podcasts in my podcast universe. You're, under, you're my, really grossly uh, underselling this. John has had a mystery that has been covered in at least I believe the last two ATSP and uh and, and you agreed to, <laughs> to say parts of it for here. And I'm very excited to hear it. T- tell the listeners, on the off chance they don't listen to your popular show, what's the mystery? What had it been? Well, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but there is a mystery. There is a mystery in my household. And also, uh, the the larger topic that I'm lumping this under is, I think I had, did I have it written in a different way in the notes earlier? It was like... It's just, it used to say John's freezer, and then that became John's appliances, and now it's his main show, colon, John's appliances and body... Yeah, because the larger... I actually had this topic in our notes a while back. Oh, here it is. John's busy end of year. That oh. that was in there for like uh, the past month. And so my busy end of year involves appliances and my body. That's what I'm <laughs> going to discuss now. <laughs> it okay. does. Terrific. No, I talk about a mystery. Busy end of year in a bad way. Where do you way. find those shirts with such long sleeves? Mm-hmm. So to start the mystery, this is, I mean, this is a mystery that has come and gone on ATP, but uh, to catch everyone up for many months in our household, we had been hearing a, a little song coming from somewhere. It was a series of beeps and it would, it would go off like at irregular intervals, many hours apart, never repeating, you know, Mm -hmm. you'd hear it once and then you'd know you weren't going to hear it again for like you know, hours. And so we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. For a while, I thought it was a new dehumidifier that it purchased in the, uh, at this, um, this summer. And I said, oh, it's probably the dehumidifier. We don't know why it's making that noise, but once the winter comes, we won't need the dehumidifier anymore. So the problem will be solved. So the winter came, we unplugged the dehumidifier, kept hearing the noise. And then I got serious about finding it because I'm like, look, I, you know, it's annoying. You could hear it all over the house. Please, please an, treat was, them to just a little bit of your methodology for this, because it's it's the same kind of. It's like when I tried to find a mouse, you know, in the garage with um, with my panopticon. Yeah, and the, like in the beginning, I was like, I don't have to expend any energy 
trying what? to find I mean, like, okay, just, just, I, I, I'm going to be the listener for a second here and just pop in and say, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you just, why didn't you just, why didn't you just, you thought through a lot of this. You did a lot of this. You did, you did, you did a lot of the stuff that any of us would do. The truth of the matter is if you've ever been in a house where you hear a beep and you assume it's something like, something like, not the same thing, but like, like a, 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 um, a smoke alarm or whatever. I, I, I know I have very poor hearing. I've seen the, uh, I've seen my AirPods profile enough to know, but it's so difficult. Anytime it's just an electronic noise, you just, you do, you do the thing, you stand in one place, you turn 90 degrees and you're like, can I, can I be like a bat and like try to like geolocate even what part of the house it's coming from? It's, it's completely crazy making, but yours is a little like a, well, a five note. Well, depending on how you notate it, we'll get, we'll get uh, JXPX 1138 involved. He did his music theory in pen. But you could t- hear a little tune on an irregular basis coming from somewhere. Yeah, and um, the the most important and first strategy I employed was I don't have to do anything about this because this will result, like I don't have to expend any energy. I don't have to think of a plan. I don't have to try to do anything because, all right, so it's a weird noise, but surely I'll eventually find it, right? Either mm. if it's a battery that's dying, eventually the battery will die or eventually I'll be two inches from where it actually is coming from and I'll hear it like this will resolve itself. So I don't have to take it expend any energy dealing with this. Right. And that was my attitude for many months. And I feel like I was pinning my last hopes of, hey, you don't actually have to deal with this on the dehumidifier. And as soon as we unplugged the dehumidifier and we kept hearing it and other people in the house are commenting about it, then it's like, OK, plan A has failed. Plan A was mm-hmm. don't do anything it you'll eventually figure it out. It will, it's kind of like when you can't find something, but you don't really need it. You're like, ah, it'll turn up. Right. And then it turns right. up and you're like, okay, I, but I didn't need it right away. Anyway. I just, I was like, oh, I just hope I find it before the end of the summer. And lo and behold, it would turn up. Right. But this didn't resolve itself. So then I had to actually do stuff. Um, and you know, it gets into the category of what you're saying. Like, oh, if I stand here and I turn my head, can I, but the problem with this is it doesn't, doesn't repeat. It play, it would play this exactly six, six or seven note thing. And what you'd know is, okay, I just heard it. Uh, and I'm not going to hear it again for some number of hours. I, I, you know, I logged it. Okay. Does it go off at a regular you know, interval? Let's what it felt like to program with punch cards. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the, in the sense of like, I won't know, I won't know how broken this is till later today. Yeah. And, and in that, cause it, it can be crazy. Like, for example, I think about when I enter my office and there's a, a fairly quiet beeping noise to let me know my, my alarm system is armed. And then that there's a quickening, right? That kind of speeds up. It gets a little bit louder. There's lots of things in life that are like this. And, you know, if it eventually became a blaring siren, I certainly would be able to figure out what it is. It's that time, the irregular time in between that makes it so nuts. And then you start anticipating it. And if your family's hearing it, well, you're falling down a little bit on your CTO job. Yeah. I mean, eventually everyone was hearing it. And, you know, like it was, we had a lot of theories from people in the house of where it might be. Uh, like I said, I was logging it to make, is it actually a regular <laughs> intervals? Is it, is it every three hours? Is it every hour and a half? Is it, is it always on the fives? Is it always uh, at the top of the hour, for that? the bottom of the arrow? <laughs> uh, one day worth of logging quickly showed me that it is not on any regular time interval according to clock in terms of the minutes and it is not uh, regularly spaced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that told me something. Also, the fact that I had been hearing it for months tells me that it's probably not a dying battery in anything because the battery would have been dead by now, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it, you know, in the situation with this dying battery or an alarm or something like that, they tend to want to get your attention. They wouldn't just play a little tune and then not say anything else for hours, right? That's not the way to get you to come and fix whatever it is problem that they're having, right? 
So I started to get more and more serious about it. And that's when I started talking about an ATP. I forget why I, I ended up being an ATP, but we did. And like I, I deploy, I was eventually deploying the big guns, which is I have a podcast that nerds listen to. I'm going to, uh, you know, nerd snipe them and mention this. And someone will tell me what it is because I can't be the only one with this problem. Like normally you're just like, I'll go to the internet and Google. But if you really have no idea, what do you Google right. for? Oh, something beeping in my house. It's like searching for apps. But, but, but also like even but when you, you eventually got to your, your wonderful, hilarious solution of what well, you put an old iPhone down there and then relocated to like until it recorded something that was louder, like playing yeah, a long so the, game. The, but the, you don't even know what to record at that point. Right. So there was consensus that it was coming from the basement. Uh, that's the only consensus we could get because we had had uh, my parents were over and they were sleeping in a finished room in our basement and they insisted it was coming from the room that they were sleeping in. My wife doing laundry on the other side of the basement said it sounded like it was coming from like right where she was doing laundry. And those are two very differing opinions. They both agree basement, but they're on opposite sides, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I just put it, uh, trying to find like a recording device and uh, Marco on ATP suggested just an old iPhone. I've got plenty of those. So I put an old iPhone down there and I recorded it in multiple locations to try to say like, okay, well, I got one recording of it and I put that on ATP and that was, you know, so here's the actual sound it makes. Hey, listeners of ATP, do you recognize this song? I wanted somebody to say, yeah, that's this. It's this song. And you, you know, like I figured someone must have heard this before. <laughs> Um, but I recorded multiple locations trying out theories. Oh, if, if we think it might be the Fios box. So I'm going to put the phone like an inch from the Fios box. And it's like, no, it's not that. Well, I'll put it over here. Is it louder or softer? It's way quieter than it was over there. So, you know, I was narrowing down on what it was. But eventually what worked uh, is, you know, the wisdom of crowds. Crowdsourcing this, putting in an ATP, having people listen to the show. Uh, and one person said that that song, that six or seven note song or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that's the same song that my Whirlpool washing machine makes when you turn it on. And you, must you posted... So, I mean, whether, I mean, obviously it didn't, wasn't exactly the thing, but you must have been so thrilled for somebody because it worked. The system worked. Yeah. And, and he posted this, this washing machine. I'm like, that's the song. Boom. You could hear it play. Like he posted it was a, a different video. I mean, it was a different, um, it was, it was, it was a, a similar tune, but a different instrument, if you like. Yeah. And it, it might've been shifted by a few notes or whatever. But that once I had that, now I had something to go on finally, because I don't have a Whirlpool washer and dryer, but I do have a Whirlpool freezer. And actually it was a confluence events. I was downstairs messing with my washer and dryer, trying to figure out if it was them because there's lots of rebranding or Whirlpool stuff. And the sound went off when I was in the basement. And then I could <laughs> immediately tell where it was from. It was from the freezer. And I went over to the freezer and lo and behold, our freezer is a Whirlpool freezer and it plays the Whirlpool song. So I'd identified the source of the problem. It was my freezer. And then okay, I know um, it's a pause real quick. Um, remind me and, and your listeners. So how did you feel when, when you put that together, a whole, you know, song whirlpool coming from the freezer? Did you feel relieved? Did you feel silly? Like how, how did you feel when you went, okay, that's gotta be it. Well, when I heard it, I was in the process of trying to eliminate the washer and dryer. Cause like I said, lots of washer and dryers are made by different companies. I'm like, well, maybe Whirlpool like rebrands. I guess I think like Maytag is the same thing as Kenmore or something or like this. There's all sorts mm -hmm. of like brand White commonalities yeah. and relabeling of the same thing. So I was like, even though I don't have a Whirlpool washer and dryer, let me try to eliminate these. And I was doing a bunch of crap to them while I was there messing with the washer and dryer is when the freezer made the noise. And I Turn my so head lucky. in a swivel and look right at. It. I'm like, aha! Right. <laughs> so I felt. I you felt, did the thing with the with two fingers and eyes and look at them. Huh, huh, I got my. Hand on you. <laughs> I I turned right to it and I was like, it's you, right? And the the I think the second thing I felt was 
how is it that other human beings with ostensibly working ears have been in this basement when the sound has went off and couldn't identify where it came from? Three mm -hmm. people, both my parents and my wife, were in this basement when the sound went off, and neither one of them could immediately... One of them, and I was standing right by the laundry machine. So my wife says, oh, the laundry machine was running, or there was some other noise or whatever, but it's like, you know, I could... I just, maybe I was like attuned to hear it and uh, know exactly where, but anyway. Right, you, it's, the, it's the gorilla with the basketball. Yeah, I felt, I felt a little bit frustrated that other people had heard it like weeks or months ago and had not been able to identify it. But anyway, we figured it out. And so now I know what to Google for, because previously I'm just Googling for like beeping in your house and it's just, forget it, it's a million results of things that it could be, but isn't. Um, so now I knew to beep for, uh, to Google for a Whirlpool Freezer beeping song and then you find all the results and there's all these forum posts of like here's the problem i have this problem too and this person coming in saying i found the solution you just need to order this special kit to replace this special thing because it's picking up interference and blah 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 and the same person was like hopping from forum to forum posting the same oh verbatim, i forgot about this part this is yeah, so good yes like nitrime 87 like or whatever co copy his name paste was. like somebody went in and was just like well i got the solution and went to like six different places and just yeah and there it was the same it was the same like five paragraphs <laughs> of text copied yes. and pasted all over the place telling everybody i know you guys I think I had a, i've gotten advice from this same person on reddit <laughs> right about like, about everything <laughs> they're, like they're so excited that they have solved this problem and it was very technical and you got to use this technical service bulletin and don't use this one because this one supersedes it because whirlpool has admitted there's a problem with these wires being too long and picking up interference which is causing this thing to reboot that makes it play the song and blah 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 totally do this everybody and by the way the thing he was describing to do was not a simple procedure it involved ordering a part and then mm -hmm. like turning off and defrosting your freezer and then disassembling parts of it to get to the wires and removing some wires and putting other ones in and like not a simple procedure Oof. right yeah uh, but but anyway you'd find all these people with the exact problem they and their stories were like mine that'd be like there's been this song in my house that I can't figure out where it's coming from. Most of them had figured it out. They said, I couldn't, couldn't figure out where it's coming from, but eventually I narrowed it down to my Whirlpool freezer, right? But they all have like similar origin stories of like, there is a, a noise in my house. It's at irregular intervals separated by large periods of time. And I couldn't figure it out, but I finally figured it out it was my freezer. Anyone else have this problem? And then this person comes and posts the solution, right? But rather than ordering the little kit that uh you know that was suggested by this by this person like oh this will solve your problem and by the way they were very adamant they were writing in all caps this works it solves my problem totally do this right like months later the person comes back in one of the forums and says i take it all back this does not work it did not solve my problem so sorry about that <laughs> that's like the resolution which is someone's got a great idea about what's going to fix it he apparently ordered this thing, got it, brought it back, put it in his thing, told everyone it fixed this problem, but it turns out it didn't. Um, and, we and do the know people who are if you're if the people following that advice or anything like me, God bless them. Once you get to the like, this is the guaranteed all caps solution to this, you're not going to keep reading and or like you're going to jump 16 pages forward, noticing that well, it appears like it wasn't the answer because there's still a lot of responses here. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I remained skeptical, especially when I saw the same text copied and pasted. I'm like, this is still just one source. This is still just one. Clearly, this is one person posting the yeah. solution. And what I didn't see, what I didn't see was a bunch of other people saying, hey, person, I followed your advice. And it also solved my problem. I didn't see that. I didn't see corroboration. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's why I kept reading. That's why I didn't order the thing. Also, didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Like, the wires are too long and they're picking up interference. Like, here's what didn't make sense. And here's what I spent a lot of my time trying to debug this is like, you know, real world debugging, just like computer debugging. What has changed? Because I've had this freezer right. for years, for many, many years. What has changed right. that's doing this now? That's why I was suspecting the dehumidifier, because it was new. It was a new addition to the basin. We just bought it at the beginning of the summer. Aha, 
That's what's changed. What has changed? But it wasn't that. It was the freezer. So what has changed? But even then, you still have to isolate. And this is where my family and I go at loggerheads sometimes, where I'm like, you know, I think I said this on here a while back, where like I, I no longer say things like I fixed that problem because very often, because if I don't understand what happened, what caused it, and very saliently, what I did to quote unquote fix it, if I don't understand all of those to some level of certainty, like beyond just I assume me whacking it like Fonzie made it better, you know, just, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like if you, if you do enough stuff to a car, you know, it's your car of Theseus, eventually it's a different car and yeah, it does fix the problem, you know, mostly, but that's, I guess that's the downside of this sort of Reddit culture, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't satisfied that, Mm-mm. that, that I even understood what this problem was. Right. But I didn't know, like the, the way you could reproduce the problem is you could turn for, for a freezer that's plugged in, there was a way to turn on and off the cooling function. Like if you held down this button inside the freezer for three seconds, it would basically, your freezer is still on, but we've turned off the cooling function. So power still goes to it. The light is still on when you open the door, you know, the little control mm-hmm. panels all still lit up, but you've turned off the cooling. Like it's not going to make it cold in there anymore. And when you turn the cooling function back on, it plays that song. So it's very similar to like the, the washing machine that when you, you know, when you power up the washing machine, it plays a song. It's basically like the boot chime or the power on, but it's not power on. It's the, I will now cool inside of this freezer, right? Turning it off didn't make a noise, but when you turn the cooling back on, it would make that noise, right? So suddenly Uh it's making that noise, but it's making the noise during normal operation, which makes me think- A lot of appliances have like a state change bloop. Like if you, like with like a Dyson fan we've got, it bloops when it turns on and it bloops when you change the speed and stuff like that. But in this case, you're saying just basically the power still goes to the thing, but it's not going to the compressor or whatever it's called. Yeah, it just says I'm not going to do the cooling thing. And it only does it when the cooling comes back on. So, what? and, okay. and by the way, the, the diagnosis of like the people who have this problem is basically like the reason it's irregular is uh, it's, you know, if you ever, you know, have a freezer or refrigerator, there's, it's when the compressor is going, like when you hear it making noise, right? Right. Uh, and refrigerators and freezers, they don't run that compressor 24 hours a day. They run it for a while to make it cool. And then they have a thermostat. And when it starts to get a little bit warm there, they, they turn their compressor back on again. And then it goes off. And then it goes on. So the compressor is constantly going on and off all day long. And the interval, like when does it go on? When does it go off? It depends on how many people go there and open the door, right? And let all the cool air out, right? So that's why it was irregular. And for a downstairs freezer, that's why it was such long intervals. Because during most of the day, no one's going to the downstairs freezer. It's the, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's probably pretty, fairly cool down there compared to the rest of the house. Right. And it's just not, you know, it's for the, the, the deep freeze, as they call it, right? It's the long-term storage. Yeah, we, for, we put your, uh, put your red gravy. Exactly. Um, so this chime w- it would go off at the end of a cycle when the compressor turned off. So the compressor would be on, on, on for like, you know, whatever, however long it's going to cool. Then the compressor would turn off. It's like I, the compressor would say, I've cooled enough. It's cool enough inside this thing. The compressor would turn off and then it would play the song. <laughs> and and that's why I was separated. By, so it's super weird, right? And that made me think like when the compressor turns off, something is going wrong inside my many years old freezer that is essentially causing it to like, to like think that, cooling has turned off and then right back on because again the song only plays when cooling turns on lots of people have theories of like you don't have enough power to it when the compressor kicks in it draws too much current and that causes it to like brown out or it's like no but it doesn't play when the compressor turns on it plays when the compressor turns off and so that the only thing i can think of like what has changed recently nothing new is on that circuit in my basement there's no change to the electronics nothing new has been plugged in like there's, there's, I eliminated all the variables, right? 
The only thing I could think of that has changed is my freezer is older now than it was. And again, seeing other people online with the same problem, also with old versions, like it's the exact model number. So they bought it many years ago, had many years of normal service, and then five, six, seven years into the life of the appliance, it starts doing this, right? Right. That makes me think it is not, we don't all have wiring that suddenly our wiring is fine. But when we plugged a freezer in and waited five years, suddenly our wiring is bad. Like there's all these theories that people had about what it might be that did not make sense. Right. And again, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Those are other factors like this, where it's like, there isn't some kind of like a universal like check engine light that turns on at 30, 60, 90,000 miles. Right. Or like the prevalent theory, like I said, lots of people just insist like when the compressor kicks on, it does too much current draw and your circuit can't handle it. Like, well, a, those long it, wires, it, John. it doesn't, mm-hmm. A, it doesn't play when the compressor turns on, it plays when it turns off. And B, why wasn't it doing that for the past seven years? Why has it started doing it now? The thing that has changed is not like the wiring in your house is getting older because you wouldn't see the same story <laughs> from 50 different people. Like the wiring right. in my house is ancient, but like, you know, anyway. So I, my theory is something about the electronics in this specific model of freezer, do, you know, maybe condensation forms on it. Like it's does after many years, it's, it doesn't hold up. And something about it is in the process of failing. Still works fine. It was still cold. The freezer kept things cold. Like other than it playing this noise, like it wasn't turning itself off accidentally. The the cooling function didn't turn off instead. Like everything about it worked fine. And, and I mean, like, and, and going. I'm sorry to be so so simple here, but like, okay, so the people, the good people at the Whirlpool Corporation, decided that there's certain kinds of events that need your attention. Like, for example, your dryer is done. You know, um, you know, get your stuff out of the dryer or or whatever. Right. Same with it. Like like back to automobiles, you get like, you know, the um. You're running out of fuel, so a light comes on, something like that. That sound, <clears throat> in your understanding, and I'm guessing you grab PDFs and stuff like that. In your, it's your understanding that that particular sound, according to Whirlpool, plays because why? They don't mention the sound at all in any of the literature that I've been able to find. But experimentally, and as per all the people who posted about this, you can get it to play by turning off the cooling function, which is okay. sound, doesn't play any noise. And then turn the cooling function back on. And when you turn the cooling function back on, it plays the song. Okay, so that might be a safety feature. I, I mean, don't know. It's a feature I in mean, the sense of there's moving, the, a part that was not moving is now moving, or uh, like don't, well, no, I'm just trying I to think, think it's legal. like, it's like, it's like think the washing like machine. So on the Whirlpool washing okay. machine, in the video that I was sent, when you just merely hit the power button on the front of the washing machine to just say, hey, washing machine, turn on, it plays yeah. the song. It's like a boot chime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Hmm. So it's it's mysterious, but what it made me do is suspect <laughs> this freezer, that this freezer, as I said, on ATP is in the process of betraying me. This particular freezer. Yeah. It's yeah, still not even the model. Now. It's like your it's your it's your Massachusetts freezer that's gotten hinky. Yeah, it's still it's still working now and it has mm-hmm. been working for many years, but there's nothing wrong with my house. There's nothing else that has changed. The only thing that's changed is this this freezer is getting old. And a lot of other people have similar problems with similarly aged freezer. Uh, so it would be quite a coincidence if all of us just happened to plug it into a circuit in our own houses that went bad after seven years, hmm. right? Okay. So like the common factor is the freezer, not like our house wiring. How long after discovering this is it still working correctly in the basement? I mean, it had been it had been playing the song for months and working correctly for months. And it like, you, you, so you discovered it. You you checked it out. I, I'm sorry to be again. Sorry to be simple, but um, so you go and you look. Everything seems fine. It's not sweating. It's not doing any of the weird stuff. There's not like you know, it's not defrosting. Yep. Um, and but 
I, at one point, didn't do I remember that you decided to bring it upstairs? No. So it, it, the part of the reason we didn't suspect it is because there was nothing wrong with it. It was operating right. perfectly. Um, right. But my decision at this point was, I don't know what the problem is with my freezer, and it is still working, but it would be quite an inconvenience for this freezer to stop working. And I suspect that it's going to eventually stop working because it's already being weird. So let me preempt this by replacing yeah. it with a new freezer now rather than waiting for it to fail. <laughs> and so did you prepare the way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is, you know, this is what I would recommend somebody do is just like, don't wait for it to fail because I, I've, we've dealt with this with right. the refrigerator. If, and, if and John, just, entropy does not make a sound. Yeah. If, for example, we were to wait for it, it's like, well, the freezer's working fine now. We'll buy a new one if this one ever breaks. If this freezer were to fail, and especially if it was in the wintertime, it's filled with who knows how much money's worth of frozen food, because my wife likes to keep a lot of food frozen. You know, and what do I, what do <laughs> she, I do with she that? freeze some of the milk just as a backup? What do I do with all that frozen food? I can't put right. it in any of our other freezers. They're all filled. If yep. it's the winter, maybe I could put it outside or in the garage, but right now it's not even below freezing yet. So I like it would it would be a waste of a lot of money and food yeah. if this freezer stopped working. So let, let's fix this. Let's preempt this problem. Let's get a new freezer before the old one breaks. And you know what it's like with trying to buy anything, whether it be cars or major appliances, all the COVID supply chain disruption, right? It's not mm -hmm. easy to get stuff. Not as easy to get stuff as it used to be. So I didn't know how long I might have to wait for a new freezer. Um, so I, you know. I've been trying to, I've been wanting to replace my, this is only vaguely apropos of your topic, but I've been wanting just kind of vaguely for coming up on 10 years to get better overhead, like fluorescent lighting at my office. I just, it looks like a, like a crime scene when I turn them on. Like it's only, it would only be to like conduct an FBI raid that anybody would ever turn these lights on, but I'd like to use them. And so I spent probably two hours of the last couple of days trying to find warm, meaning probably 3000 K warm led four foot dimmable warm led four foot dimmable T eight or G 13 connectors. Don't worry about the ballast. It's not an issue. I've had to learn a lot of things with that. Just going to any website to try and find this, the I guess you would say Venn diagram, but like trying to get through the funnel to like what's what's available, let alone like what's in stock, and you, you start to feel like it starts to feel like something out of Patriot. So sidebar, I mentioned that this is my appliances and my bodies. We are uh, kind of like our daughters' <laughs> Your appliances yourselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we are kind of like our daughters sometimes, unknowingly leading parallel lives. During this time with the freezer, I also spent many days, possibly weeks, looking for re LED replacements for <gasps> T8 four-foot-long fluorescent, uh, you know, uh, non-ballast bypass. Have you got Sylvania's? We got uh, Sylvania's one inch, 1.25 inch. So here's the thing. In the room yeah. that I'm sitting in right now, oh my I God. have two fluorescent bulbs uh, that are in a light fixture on the ceiling. Yeah. And I I had been on a replace all the light, all the you know, find the remaining lights in the house that are not LEDs and replace them. Right, because I've been doing it piecemeal for years, but I'm like, you know what? Challenge. Let me go find all the rest of the ones and replace them. So I had been right, doing that, right, right. right? And I'd been and and I thought, you know, I should think about the ones in this room too. They're not bulbs; they're the long, they're the four foot long T8 things, right? Was that? I mean, like, so so somebody put that in a residence in your very old ass house with no, the crooked I put floor. It in there. I put it up in there. Is it has an off? Does it have like too much of an office feel though? Does it feel officey? 
the reason I put it there is the, the room where my computer is, the computer room, as we call it, only uh-huh, has uh-huh. one has one light fixture dead center in the ceiling. It's a very okay. small room, but it's a one light fixture dead center. Light fixture as in like two sockets you plug bulbs into? No, as in a hole in the ceiling where power wires come out. Okay. <laughs> right? And so you can put any kind of fixture you want oh, up there. Oh, I see. So maybe it looks more like a billiards parlor. Well, so at various times I had like a round sort of like a boob light, basically. You know the boob lights? Oh, it's yeah, like, we have a boob light. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a boob light up there. It was, Michael it, boob light. It just, mm-hmm. it's, it's flush mounted to the ceiling. It's like a it's like a dome, but shoved up in the ceiling, and it would have like yep. a, you know, a fluorescent light bulb in there. I'll, I'll photograph our, I'll, we, have, we have a boob nub where there used to be a light, but it's a very, it's a very clear C cup. Yeah. And I just felt like it didn't cast enough light. We don't have any room for like floor lamps in here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I thought this doesn't, this doesn't cast enough light. What can I get to replace it? And at the time, you know, many years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I looked at LED things, but a lot of them were like weird flush mount that required like uh, required stuff to go into your ceiling. It's almost like where CFL was 10 or 15 years ago where, you know, you could get CFL, but boy, it was really, everybody looked like they had a liver disorder. This is LEDs I would put in LED technology and things like this. Uh, have come a long way and it's worth checking in, not least because they're so much cheaper to operate. People want them. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's why I was going through like to find all the remaining LED yeah. lights, right? And so right, at the yeah. time, like the, the the ceiling in here is beadboard. It is it is like stained beadboard. So it's wood ceiling. It's not even sheetrock. And a lot of the LED ones required you to cut big holes in your ceiling. Like I'm not cutting holes in my beadboard ceiling. There's already one tiny little circular hole where the power lines come out. I'm not making any more bigger holes. So what I ended up getting five or six years ago is... Uh, fluorescent light fixture. It's kind of decorative and fits with the look of the thing, but it takes two four-foot-long T8 fluorescent bulbs. Here's the key thing about the fluorescent bulbs. One, they're four feet long, so they have a long distance in which they're going to light up, right? And that helps, like, light up lots of stuff in the room because this is the only light source in the room, right? Yeah. Two, 2,950 lumens per bulb. That is a lot of light. It is. Compared to, like, how much you can get... That's like... um... That's like, well, at least, well, it's, it's a Marco flashlight. That that's at least that's that's real bright, um, and yes, and so I see, I see. So you and, and you so hung and if you that compare that boob. to a boob light, like how many lumens of oh, light do you think comes out of a boob light? It's like nothing. Eight hundred. Right? E- yeah. Even if you get like a hundred watt, quad, I, I no, I, watt I, I've replaced all of the. I had gone from, um, what do you call it, incandescent, like uh, you know, Edison light bulbs. Mm-hmm. To LED a while back because you can get finally you can get and in California of course it's a whole thing I can't even get a decent shower head here <laughs> um, but like it's a whole thing and like there's just so much stuff on Amazon that says it's not available in your area um, but then I had gone to LED where you can get like a 200 watt equivalent that draws like I want to say like 15 watts and now I'm all in on the nano leafs because you can get the colors but you give away so much in lumens if you get off of the you know daylight white train yeah and i I had gone through the basement a couple of years back and put in like those just in, insanely bright leds that shine in like five different directions i have a corn light in the garage one of those led corn lights so named because it looks like an ear of corn with all these little leds all over it huge oh, amounts i know that's what i'm talking about yeah, not corn lights, uh-huh. corn lights. This is like the ones you see on cable news where like, hey, get away from my garage. And like, oh my gosh, it's flooded with light. The person's virtually blinded because yeah, the again, corn was so bright. Our garage only has one little like this. In this case, it's just a regular sort of whatever. Well, according to bulb. the advertisement, that's all you need if you get the right corn. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
but so I was looking at these lights. I'm like, well, surely now I can buy an LED bulb that replaces these fluorescent four foot long bulbs, but that has a huge amount of light output. And more importantly, I wanted mm-hmm. a good CRI, color reproduction index, I think it stands for, which hmm, is basically I like, think I know that. Um, when you look at the bulbs, old fluorescent bulbs and old LED bulbs have really crappy CRI, which basically means uh, the like when you shine this light in the room, if you if you took one of those test boards from TV, it's like, yeah. Here's squares all different casting shadows and stuff like that. But like, like you know, the boards that's like here's the squares all different colors, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you if you entered a dark room and just put only that bulb in, turn the light on, would you be would you be able to see with your eyeballs all the different colors, or would two colors two squares look like (sighs) they're the same color? Does it provide the regardless of temperature? Does it provide the uh, kind of even light? that lets you perceive because that would drive you nuts yeah if you were I mean, in a room with that's that, why you go that's crazy. why people look sickly and like fluorescent well, that's lights why, yeah, or whatever CR, crt is that what they're called no yeah. that's, that's C- it's cri just look it up CR. i think let me see what it stands for let's see i got four thousands in right now i'm gonna go to home depot tomorrow and try and pick up some three thousands it's really hard to find dimmable and well there's hardly any smart at all yeah, color really rendering weird. index it measures the effect huh. the bulb has on perceived color of objects so basically if you have notes, a crappy, read about that if you have a crappy cri you can't see what color things some things are because they all kind of look it's kind of like when you go, yeah. put it this way this is the one that people experience if you go in the old days people don't if you went to a parking lot that was filled with sodium lights like oh, those yellowish lights and you're uh-huh. looking for your car and your car is like green and it looks exactly the same as the car is black, which looks exactly the right. same as the car That's is brown. That's why Fincher like has used those in some movies because there's something so, it takes you straight back to being a kid when you see that weird quality of light where, it, well, I want to say it makes, every, I don't know if the light's orange. Yeah, the light's kind of orange, but it makes everything orange-ish. But bad CRI would be like the room where you make your free phone call. Like, right, like sort of, yeah, like the, the pendulum that it, police station. That certain colors can't be distinguished from other certain colors because the wavelengths being put out by the light are not sufficient to do that. That's why your green car looks exactly like a black car, looks exactly like a blue car under the sodium mm-hmm. lights, right? And that's but why you, I sometimes wear a navy jacket with black pants because I, I got bad CRI. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in recent years, LED bulbs have been advertising their superior CRI, CRI. And that generally makes the room feel more pleasant. Looks People look less sickly, looks colors look more natural. Right. This is setting aside the color temperature, which is a whole other decision point, right? So yeah, what I was looking for was, cool. yeah. was four foot LED, uh, four foot long, you know, T eight uh, LED replacement. Dude, I, I have bulbs. this in, in my my third to the latest drafts, and, and, and also by the way, good use of live text, right? So I was able to like take a photo of my Sylvania's Octon XP Octon baby Octron XP Echo forty one hundred K thirty two watt. Um, and yeah, no, the whole thing's right here. Uh, so the ones I've got here at the office, just for what it's worth, they're pretty crazy bright and they're 29, 25 lumens. Wow. Yours must be crazy bright. Yeah. So, and I, you know, when I bought this, this fixture, part of the problem was my, the boob light fixtures often come with like a weird bulb that it's hard to find a replacement for. So when I got this, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is great. This, this thing has, you know, two bulbs in it, huge amount of lumens, and it's a standard four foot long fluorescent like i dealt with these in my retail jobs i'd replace these yeah, it's and... like the text file of illumination right and, and so you know what i can just buy a big box of these bulbs and if and when these bulbs go out or go bad i'll just go get them in the box so i had in the basement the box of these bulbs and so i could go downstairs to the basement look at this box and look at the specs on them so i know what i'm trying to replace like when i when i go to replace this what am i looking for and that told me all the specs and that's where i got the 2950 lumens per bulb thing from uh, mm-hmm. Mine are mine are Phillips, I think. Let me see if I can. Yep, yep. Phil, the, Phillips, the Phillips, and uh, Fight 
F- well, I, I say fight. Fiat and um, Sylvania seem to be the big players. I, I'm looking at um, what's called unspooled, decoupled. Uh, there's, there's a company, a hipster lowercase company that makes uh, cool LEDs. I think that's what I'll end up getting. Yeah. What's it called? So, so this is what I was looking for. And I spent like a, a large amount of time looking for this. And I had a lot of problems with it. So first of all, these toggled. things are, toggled is the name of the company. These things are, are listed as 32 watts, right? And that's what mine are. so weird. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see all these lights that say 100 watt equivalent, 60 watt equivalent. Because because that yeah. used to be how we shot for bulbs. We used to shop for bulbs by power, but like incandescent bulbs spend 80% of their power producing heat and 20% producing light, right? So a 60 watt equivalent LED bulb takes like three watts of actual power, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's they're they're very energy. And they just and they last bloody forever. It's right. crazy. So I was looking for an LED thing to replace this. Now, part of the problem with fluorescence is they have what they call a ballast, which I'm not sure what it does. I think it changes the voltage or something. Oh, I'm dealing with ballast. You got wired, you got unwired, and you don't you don't want to mess up. What is the one? You want to confuse your T8 and your T12. Yeah, you don't want to mess those up. See, see, I think C13 is the one that I'm that I'm dealing with here. I can't believe John. I literally was doing that. I almost, if I hadn't had the show tonight, I would have gone to home home despot today but i wanted that time to chill and prepare myself for you how crazy is that i know i'm saying we're leading parallel lives here so the the fancy led replacements for these bulbs say don't worry these bulbs can handle whether or not you have the ballast because if you don't have the ballast you can like some Mm -hmm. some lights don't have the ballast and you can plug them right maybe it's an acdc conversion i don't even know what the ballast does but the point is some bulbs so the fancy bulbs can handle it either way but if if some of them are ballast bypass bulbs and you have a ballast you just have to disconnect it and put anyway I was looking for that. I also wanted a good CRI. Good CRI is up in the 90s these days. Now uh, you're making me realize how important CRI is for me. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. the whole reason I got this fixture is because the boob lights didn't have enough light. So I'm like, well, that'll be the easy part. Just find one with at least this many lumens. How hard could it be? The whole point of LED bulbs is they're ridiculously bright. What I discovered is there are basically no LED T8 size replacement bulbs that fit all those criteria in the world for a reasonable price. This is, this is, this is my afternoon. So just, just so I understand, we're making a lot of very fine distinctions here. We're talking about CRI versus K and you're saying here, so the Watts that they, the wattage that equivalent or whatever that it draws, you need to be looking at lumens, not Watts. I I forgot to mention the color temperature. I was going for 3000 K. That's what I've got in here. A 3000 is the lowest I can find commercially. And most of them are like daylight. I'm like, no, I do not want blue lights in my office. I'm going to take a photograph of my office and how pretty it is right now, just so you can see. So the problem I found is I couldn't find bulbs with the right amount of lumens. So much so that I kept going back to my Phillips box and saying, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's trying to say this whole box is 2950 lumens, or maybe it's saying the pair is 2950 lumens. How can one of these bulbs be 2950 lumens? Because I was finding all these LED ones. And they're like, oh, 1800 lumens. Lead, mercury, the elements that built America. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 1800 lumens? That's not, that's not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go down that. No, that, like, that would not cook a cupcake in an easy bake. Yeah, so that was disappointing. So I could not find 3000K, works with the ballast, 90 plus CRI, uh, 2950 lumen or higher LED bulbs to save my life. I think I found one instance of them and they were like $300 each or something ridiculous Really? Like that. Yeah. And 20, where our target is 2950 or similar, you said, right? Or higher. And the thing is, these websites, getting into you know, website searches, Amazon, these various websites, they have, they have stuff in the web search. They have so many filters. It's like, Tell me whether or not you want it to have the ballast. Tell me, but then be careful if you click on two pack instead of one pack. It might be a completely different product from a completely different vendor. 
Yeah, and like I'm I'm willing to navigate all this. The problem was that every single one of these sites in the yeah. lumens filter, the yes. choices were like, you know, 100, 200, 300, 1,000, 1,500, and then the <laughs> very last choice in all of them was 1,800 or higher. I'm like, uh, no, yeah, no, no, 1,800 no, no. or higher, but I don't want to see your, your 10,000, 1,900 would you like a bulbs. Light that's, <laughs> would you like a light that's blue and or blue and dim <laughs> but it would like I, the, the the scale would end and maybe that's just tr- it trying to tell me like we don't uh, and, and have just any... in terms of follow-up the one that i was looking at um and this i do remember this souring me a little bit this is toggled brand 48 inch 16 watt linear t8 led tube light bulb soft white 3000 k dimmable and what but... how many lumens 1900 yeah no like i i need 29 I mean, seriously i have higher. half a dozen fly i have half a dozen flashlights that at least in turbo mode uh, would would be uh, brighter than that? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand at all. And then of course there are ones that comes in packs of two hundred only. Like you know, there's stuff like that. But, but yeah, <laughs> <Right>. the ones <laughs> you're a contractor. Now. I could find ones that were like uh, that are twenty nine hundred or three thousand lumens, but they were all like daylight five thousand. I know <laughs> because I guess you got to make. I mean, it's like God, you know that that's that that's that's what's killing poor Dan Benjamin. Yeah, and I, I was the same way when I was in an office. We both one thing we had in common was when we each had our a private office at one point. I actually went up. I got the ladder from the guy and actually unscrewed the fluorescence. <laughs> because my boss, who always picked his ass while he walked down the hall, every time he'd come into my office, he'd, rah, 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 and that's how he talked, he'd come in and just slam, slam on both switches and just like such bright blue 3,000 lumens, like all over my messy office. And I'm sitting there in a Jerry Garcia tie, like a monster. I think part of the problem is that to get a CRI up in the 90s, you can't be like a warm light because you're too yellow then well you know i i mean like so so i'm 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 not kidding about any of this like my environment and how it's lit means a lot to me so like that's why i've gone just really briefly that's why i've gone all in on nano leaf because it doesn't it's way better than hue you don't need a um you don't need a hub because the hub is the lights really and if they're thread compatible and all that kind of stuff and like i've set i've got these scenes that i swear by they're hooked up with my eve button they're hooked up with HomeKit. so like one is called bright which is probably about around 3,000. I mean, it's not 2,000. It's in the 3,000 to 4,000 range. It's bright and turned all the way on. I got one called Warm, which is all the lights, uh, including the Elgados, at like, you know, at probably like, you know, less than 3,000. And I got one called Cozy, which is everything except for the Elgato lights at the like reddest temperature. And it's so crazy, John. If you go to the color picker on any of these smart, smart bulbs, I think I'm backing up your point here. You go to the the picker on any of these. You pick the the coolest, bluest, you know, whitest, like brightest light, and the the brighter it gets, the bluer it gets, which I think is kind of part of the equation. If on the other hand you say I'd like this to be a little bit more amber, and by the way, just so y'all know, if you're a smart home person, you can go out and Google and find out all of the colors that your hue system in particular will accept. So you could say, hey, dingus. Uh, change lights to amber. There's all kinds of or gold or all of those. Anyhow, if you do anything off axis from just you know bluish white, you lose at least in my perception so many lumens. It, you, that must be a trade off of what you're doing. Are you utilizing different LEDs? Yeah, I think I think it's easier to make bright bluish white LEDs than it is to make. And that's why you get a che- you can get the cheapy Philips. What do they call it? There's two kinds of hue bulbs. There's the the color one and the you know whitish ones. So basically, you can go somewhere between like gold and and white. That I'm I'm going to learn more about this, but that that makes sense. How did this relate to the freezer? 
uh, it was a sidebar because you had mentioned you were looking for bulbs and you were you were there looking doing the same stupid research that I can was. Can we be can we pinky swear on this? We'll help each other out with this. And as far as I mean, it's a little bit it's a little bit like vice principles, you know. Mainly, you and I are going to work together to get rid of Doctor Brown, and then it's every man for himself after that. Do you think you're Walton Goggins or Dan- no? You're Walton Goggins. I'm Danny McBride. This is also triggered by uh, Marco mentioning a, a brand of LED lights that he found that he liked called Waveform Lighting because they have high CRI. Mm-hmm. So waveformlighting.com. Well, also, isn't he a big recessed lighting boy? Doesn't he have like or track light to start? You know, I'm talking about you've got like A19s, I think are the classic mm-hmm. bulb. And then you've got the kind of like we've got a uh, an Ikea five light, not a strip. You know what I mean? With the articulated arms, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and those kinds of lights, though, if you don't have a whole, I mean, here's the key. Hey, everybody, here's everything you need to know about lighting. Many more lights at much lower illumination. Mm-hmm. That's how you make a pretty room. What's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is an interrogation room, which has all of the lumens pointing straight at the, at the perp's face, right? If you, want a, if you want a room that you can be happy in, like lamps with shades that are not, turn all the way up. It's so pleasant. You get softer shadows, right? Whole nine. But the problem with those recess lights or those track lights, I mean, it does make it feel a little bit like um, like I'm the kitchen in a model home. It's like where it feels kind of like, ooh, it's, it's too, this has like a convention center feel to it. But well, well, tell me his brand again. What's his brand? Waveform. Waveformlighting.com. Waveform. Okay. Is it like the ubiquity of lights? I I don't know. I haven't bought any of them because there are there are two low lumens on there. Not the way for waveform <laughs> bulbs, and they're also four thousand K instead of three. Uh, I tried buying house seltzer today, and boy, is it costly. Woof. Like so, part of the part of the lighting problem in this room is yes. I know all that to be true, but I only got the one light. So what I need is a light that like softly diffuses light in all directions. Like I can't just have one six thousand lumen spotlight. But, the, but like in the boob light area. Because I think you stipulated you don't have room for floor lamps and probably consequently table lamps. You've got the one boob light uh, fixture-ish. Right. And that, you're going to have to hang something from there that gives you, oh my God, John, this is your nightmare. This is like the refrigerator all over again. You got, you want the right color. You want the right lumens. You want lots of brightness, but you don't want a harsh spotlight, right. so, searchlight. Feel. And so the light that I have there, the fluorescent one, I look in your look in messages. I just sent you, this is my light okay. that I've got in here. Uh, this is over my head right now. Like, oh, floor. yeah, this would be perfect to illuminate Norman Bates's mother's skeleton. But like, this is not where I want to sit at my $5,000 monitor. Well, so here, here are the good things about this light. First of all, it's four feet long. Okay. You can see how it fits two bulbs inside there. And second of all, that that white plastic cover, it's uh-huh. like it's not transparent. It's it's like translucent. Right. And right. so it, mm-hmm. it serves to diffuse the light yes. out in all directions. I think that's a curved. less costly. That's a less costly way to deal with it than doing something to the actual you, know, you could you could put some crappy ass like you know when I was a kid and you would run into lights like this like in grandpa's it was always grandpa grandpa's like tool area it would be like just the you bare bulbs. light bulbs used to just be clear yeah like yeah there was no such like soft white I feel like is a GE development of the seventies but before that you went in somebody's ba- basement and it it was basically like having a tiny Tesla coil yeah and so this is like a a milky white plastic that diffuses and okay. probably is it, this dampens is the model the that you have. This is literally over my head right now. It's got two, Whoa. it's got 5,900 lumens of fluorescent and lights a little more behind, than I would have guessed. behind a milk. Remember it's on a, a stained beadboard ceiling. It's all very stained kind of, beadboard ceiling. You're not going to cut a hole in that. 
Oh, there is. There's one tiny little hole in the center. Yeah, but you're right? not going to cut this, a bigger one. That, and this that's long, just wood. This B-board. long thing mounts to that one circular hole. This, from the perspective of mounting, this is like a boob light. Only I, it's a just, I don't like the me- I don't like the hardware. I don't like the metal part. But but go ahead. The, that that metal part is like is is like dark brush dark brush bronze, and that matches the room because everything in here is like dark wood, dark cherry wood, like the the dark stained beadboard ceiling. Antelope. <laughs> this is called lithon. Is it is it opsec? If I read this, no, you can go ahead. Lithonia Lighting, boldface, uh, slash B. Artisten. Mm-hmm. Is that the model? Because it's not, it, it wants to be in my eye in the, in the Snap to Grid. It wants to be art, art, artisan, mm-hmm. but it says Artisten, two light bronze, fluorescent ceiling light. Yep. They also sell a manure version of the same light that has LEDs already in a it, but the lumen version? count is way down. Oh, a newer version. Yeah, it looks exactly the same on the outside, but inside it has LED strips. It doesn't even have LED bulbs. It has LED strips, which right away I don't like. It's like when mm-hmm. those go bad, you can't replace them. Um, but the lumen count is way lower because, again, I put... And so I that, put, that white plastic shield is all that stands between you and irradiation. Yeah, and, and so that is probably mm-hmm. damping the amount of lumens, which is why I have to have 5,900 lumens inside there. Oh, and so we're back to our original problem with my bulbs, which is like if you're going to take the edge off, I mean, naturally, some lumens are going to go with it. Exactly, which is fine. Which I is what I want. I want this soften to soften it up. But diffuse. no, it's just like when you do like a yeah. studio photography and you're bouncing something up. Yes, yeah, yes, it's yes. like a big okay. softbox. That's what the, that's what the white plastic is. You you would look at the white right. plastic and you would think, well, no light's going to get out of this. It's it's opaque. It's like, well, it's not. It's milky white. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I gave up on that. I still just have the fluorescence in here. I did actually replace one of the bulbs because it was looking a little dim. What, what if what if you go uh, just real quick? I mean, it's, it's the spirit of uh, giving, you know, a candle nights. Why don't you even get your son on this? Would this be a good project for him to say, like, hey, it's no. it's time I show you wh- where the boob light is, and then um, and then he could work on that maybe as a gift to both of you. He's very busy with other things. He's got to get into college. He's running. He he's a middle distance runner. Mm-hmm. He's got to get got uh-huh. to college. He's working on those college applications. Oh, so he's still doing that. Is he still going to do that? And he foolishly, huh. uh, in his senior year, is taking tons of challenging courses. Like, why did you do that to yourself? He just he he failed to have senioritis. Oh, why do you, I can't imagine why he would do that? My goodness, certainly having nothing to do with the environment he grew up as the yeah, son of. Very ambitious. I would believe me. We are not. We did not pressure him to do this. If he had consulted us at all on what should I take? No, no, no. I mean, you're lazy, but you're lazy within normal parameters. He's. You've probably. I mean, with all due respect, you know, I like most of your family. Um, I think you've probably gutted him with how you are. And now he feels like he has to do that. I learned it from watching you, dad. I, I really hope he doesn't. And, then, and then you go, that. sure. I, I thought, I, I think I've modeled laziness well for him. He's just not, he's his he's own person. You on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> right. All right. So okay. Let's, so let's back pop, to, pop, uh, a st- pop a stack back to our freezer that I decided yeah. I was going to replace. And that there's, you know, Supply chain makes it difficult to replace. I mean, I guess the good news is at the end of this, you won't have anything else that creates your... Oh, AC's got to be next. There's so much more. We don't know if we'll fit it all in. Anyway. No, no, we're good. Keep going. So I ordered ordered a new freezer. Uh, Based on... I I signed up for Consumer Reports again, which I occasionally do because I'm like, oh, like, let me just... I looked at Wirecutter. I signed up for Consumer Reports. Let me just do the research. I trust them about 5% more than J.D. Power, if I'm being honest. but, But here's the thing. Like, you can do all the research you want, but in the end, at this point with the supply chain, you're going to take oh, what you can get. Oh, the supply chain's a mess. You're going to take what you can get. Like I know, you know, and I so, know. I know some 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 of these uh, forty eight uh, these four foot bulbs. Some of them are available in Colma. Some in Daly City. Some same day picket pickup. Same only available, uh, you know, for delivery, and that's going to be January. Supply chain, John. 
Yeah, and so for the freezers, uh, like in this case, the rec- one recommended by Consumer Reports and also recommended by Wirecutter um, was actually oh, the second, in second stock. cheapest one. It wasn't, but it was it was actually in stock, and it was filled. And what I'm looking for is an upright standing, just a freezer. It's a freezer from top to bottom. It only has one big door Whoa, in the front. This is not a chest. No, like, it is not coffin? a chest. It's, it's an up. Just think of like a refrigerator, only instead of. Oh, it, John, this is very this is very challenging to me. I had this entire time. I'm imagining it being like what my dad would put uh, mm-hmm. fish in. No, they make those, <sighs> but we, this is this is just like a refrigerator, but with one big door. When oh, you open that's it up, so much more convenient. And when you open up the one big door, it is just like one top to bottom thing that is just freezer. Got it. And don't and if you got milk, like like your I know your lady, uh, Tara said hi, likes to get milk. Don't don't put that in the door of the freezer. No, we don't. We don't freeze. And no water milk. features. No water features. No water features. No nothing. <laughs> it is just a freezer, right? And so they had the new one in stock. It's, okay. It has. As more cubic feet slightly than the one they were replacing it. Uh, sorry, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, same brand? Different brand? Different brand. Okay, and it's based on Wirecutter and Consumer Reports, mm-hmm. not just your, your fidelity to the Whirlpool man. And Yeah, and their recommendation, believe it or not, their top choice was actually in stock. So it's like, great. What a wow. coincidence. Wow, okay, something worked. Like, right. you know, but, great. And a lot when's of it, when's it arrive? A lot of when's other stuff arrive? was like, you know, wait six months for delivery, right? But this one, these were in stock. So wow. I, I ordered it um, I, after measuring it to make sure this is going to be able to fit into our house. I did Here all the go. measurements, right? <laughs> did you check the door to the basement? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, here's the thing. First thing I did was I, I tried you to remember. Te- you got to test the steps too, the steps. <laughs> this, this is where I need live streams. I tried to remember how did our current freezer get into the house? You need a live stream for that for sure. Because yeah. there are multiple routes it might have taken. We have a bulkhead for the basement. Yeah, you'd say, you'd say roll, roll it back. And now enhance. Yeah. And then you'd be able to see, oh, that's right. You got to do a little WYSIWYG. You got to go around. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got a front door of the house, a back door of the house, a garage door of the house. We've got a bulkhead mm-hmm. that goes directly into the basement. We, we've, you you know, say bulkhead? Bulkhead, yeah. Bulkhead. Like do you know a what wall. that is? A bulkhead is the uh, the naval and uh, aerial name for a wall. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying the wrong word for it. But you, you know, like- uh, Bulk out, bag? Outside someone's house in their backyard, there'll be like a little slanted wedge with two big doors that open up. Oh, the like what well, like a like a a, a tornado cellar like a yeah, hurricane exactly. Netty. Okay, okay, it's bul- bulkhead. Yeah, bulk bag. <laughs> um, I will find you a picture of it. <laughs> you got Bluetooth. Um. Oh, that's cool. Wait, wait, okay, so you got a door in the front. The door in the front is where you got the dead snake in your wainscoting. The door in the back is where you had to deal with there the people. There are snakes that in the bulkhead, too. I just sent you looking at Snakes in the bulkhead. I look know at, it's Look serious. at your messages app. That's that's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, dude, this is so cool. I would go down there and neck all so day. So houses in New England have these. Houses in New England have basements. Oh, uh, wait, is that metal? Are they metal? Mo- ours are not metal. They are rapidly rotting uh. wood. Oh, <laughs> it, it looks modern. This See, is I not, imagine those looking like a barn door. This, like, this like, is you not know. our house. This is just a picture I found on the internet. Oh, smart, smart. They're not done painting it, by the way. Yeah. It looks like a creamsicle. Anyway, that's, all right. And I figured that was probably the route that it took. Because if you're going to go into the basement, this goes directly into the basement. and It gives you access to more of all of the dimensions. Right. So like, this is the thing. When you watch people who know how to actually move things, you can tell somebody doesn't know how to move things if they move it like I do, which is pick it up and try to walk through the door. Whereas if you get it to get a couch through a door on a stairway, you ever watch somebody do that, John? It might as well be Ricky Jay to me. How two two big strong people can turn this at certain angles and just intuitively know, like with body language and nodding, like when to do like a flip and a turn. And it's it's like what oceans something, like getting between the laser beams or something. I don't know how people do that. This is definitely your best bet. 
Yeah, like couches at least give you give you a chance because well, they have imaginations. They've got like you can take out the cushions, shaped, but yes, the, the sort of yes. uh, you're moving an extruded letter L. The sort of unavoidable, relentless reality of a freezer is that it's a rectangular solid. And there you ain't know what? no I'll way. I'll tell you something about a freezer, John. A freezer knows what it is. Yeah, there ain't no way you're going to twist or turn that freezer to make nope. it skinnier. Ain't no origami fridge. Nope. Right. So I had to measure. So I measured the one that was down there, and I said, "Look, this one got <laughs> down here somehow, right? So if I get one that is these dimensions or smaller, it will also successfully get down here." Okay, that's a pretty fancy piece of logic, but I would still check the police work on yeah. that. And so the one I got was taller, but it was same depth, right. same width, just higher. How many steps are we talking about here? Probably like eight. Yeah, something like that. But you, this is similar to what you have, though, where like it goes I mean, it's level. difficult to see what you could almost fit a Fiat in this door. Well, so here's the thing. That's that's what a bulkhead looks like. And it has our case cement surround with stairs in it. But at the bottom mm-hmm. of the bulkhead, and I'll show you another picture from the Internet. See some which steel is not there. Yeah. Oh, is this going to galvanize steel from the bottom of the bulkhead? At the bottom of our bulkhead is a plain old regular door. It's not a glass door like Ooh. in this picture, but like it's a plain Ooh, old I, wooden this door. Is, no, wait, is this where you live? No, this is just a random internet picture. But what it's showing okay. is that at the bottom of these bulkheads is just a regular has door. A, has a, uh, like an Italian door. Yeah. yeah it's not, ours is just a wooden door. It's not glass like that. Right. right. So anyway, I did all the measurements. Okay. I had to move a bunch of crap around because I had to rearrange this. This yours open in as well? Yes. It, it opens into okay. the finished room in the basement. Which my parents you know what I'm had saying. Been in, obviously, it couldn't open out because it would hit a step in this instance. Yep. But like, no, exactly I like think you've been, you've been through this with the fridge and all that stuff. Like, does it open in? Oh, believe me, it's going to matter. Yep. Um, and the room that it goes into is the finished room. And we had just rearranged it so my parents could stay there. So I had to rearrange it again because it's a small enough room that the beds kind of block the, the route. So you had to unprepare that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had to prepare the way by moving the furniture in that room, rotating all the beds. And mm-hmm. all the crap that's under the beds, because of course there's stuff under the beds, because why wouldn't there oh, be Oh, there's stuff space under the down there. You got to put something there, John. And there's stuff on top of the beds. Why would anyway. I put a seltzer there? Why, why don't I put some, why don't I put over some, put some, uh, some, let, let some frozen pasta defrost where dad's seltzer goes. Leafs, leaves from the table are under there. Uh, wrapping papers oh, under there, sleeping bags, air mattresses, you name it. Are, they, are those the wrapping paper? Are they in store-bought wrapping paper storage boxes? They are. You got to order. Just so you know. Anyway, um, no, that's for sure. That was going to be that was going to be my last test, and now I'm retiring. You're she is officially a hoarder. Um, so you mentioned that you move. I'm sorry, John. That's a lot of movement. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm preparing the way. I, having done the measurements, I also realized because remember this empties into a finish room, but then the finish room has a door not, to you're it. You're saying finish room, a room that's from Finland or a finished room? finished. F-I-N-S-H-E-D. As in, it has... You do that in Massachusetts. It has sheetrock on the walls. It has carpet on the floor. It has a drop ceiling. It has recessed lighting. It is champagne on ice. Yeah. Unlike the rest of the basement, which looks like a basement, where it has just open cavity studs to the ceiling, nothing on the walls, you know, just cement, nothing on the floor. Cavity studs. I like when you talk house stuff. It's sexy. Cavity studs. All right. All right. And what's the delivery window? Do we know? The door... Well, before I get to that, the door out of the finished room because I'm thinking it must factor into like when are you gonna be at home? You know, we don't want to be opening presents when like you gotta. There's much preparing in the way just to prepare the way because that frozen food still has to go somewhere before Christmas is all I'm saying. Oh uh, yes, that's that it is a factor. But anyway, so the the door exiting the finished room. Having done my measurements, I realized I'm gonna have to take this door off the hinges. So I did that too. Oh Jesus! And that's a matter of like little countersunk screws. You take screws out of the hinges, and that takes hinge it off. pins. You just take out the hinge pins. Not a big deal. hinge pins. Bump yeah. back. Well, it's a big deal okay. if your hinge pins are seized up, but hopefully yours aren't. But anyway, 
So I took. Well, I'm at that age. I've rearranged all the furniture in the room for preparing the way. I've taken the door off. I've moved tons of other stuff in the basement. And you know why? Because I had to take our current freezer and move it over one freezer's worth of space. Oh, you know what you got there, John? You got a tile puzzle. Exactly. So oh. I had to first to do that. I had to take all the things no, that were next to the No, this is in the wisdom the document. What's in the draft? Make a hole before yeah. you could do. You know what? Carl Sagan says that if you wish to make an apple pie, first you have to invent the universe. And I say before you do anything, you need to make a hole because if you haven't made a hole somewhere, there's nowhere for anything to go. And why did I have to make a hole? Because I wanted because. the new freezer to go exactly where the old one was. So I had to move the old one out of the way, but the mm. old one still got all the food in it absolutely How, how's the hey john how's the floor under the uh freezer how was it it's concrete was it but so it's not like the situation that you had before or like in your other place oh what, it's not level by any stretch of the <laughs> so no no it's not no no, no. I mean, you mentioned you had some um some matter you were dealing with like anytime you look under a refrigerator that's been there for five or more years i, I had suspicions that there was terrible stuff under there there wasn't i would expect a rodent john if i'm being honest right so did i because there have been some very times weird smells down there right but here's the thing yeah i had to move this freezer over and the reason i'm moving it over and the reason i'm also not paying for them to take my old appliance away is a the old appliance still gotta have the food store the old appliance still works and b we can't not only can we not get rid of the old freezer we can't even unplug it because its job is to keep the food cold that's why you have a freezer right so yes, i had I totally to move agree. the old freezer oh and it weighed an extra 150 pounds food. And see, it's like in. when that, the, 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 the fake anecdote about building the library out of glass. Same situation here. So you've got all kinds of uh, red gravy in there. Right. And I've got to move it with that stuff still in it. And let me tell you, freezers you are heavy. Did you use your dad's dolly for that? <laughs> freezers, well, what would happen if I used a dolly in a freezer filled with food? You would bend the, the grab fork. No, I would tilt you the would freezer tear, you over would and everything nasty would... nasty yellow handles? I would, you can't tilt it over enough to use a dolly with because everything would, you know, fall. Like, it's not... Everything is stacked inside it. What, what if you said something like, on three? Would that help? Well, so I had, I had a plan for this. I knew I couldn't use... See, I, I don't think Archimedes ever completely accounted for this. I think he should have had probably a footnote. You know, give, give me a level place in a thing. Like, in this case, but like, also make sure that, that I've got all, got yeah, all, get, get just, all the food out. Just picture, picture your fridge or your freezer and imagine <laughs> tilting that thing 90... <laughs> uh, tilting at 45 degrees No, in no, one no, direction. John. John, I... I uh, uh, you remember the Simpsons episode where, like, whoever made the garbage fall over has to take it out? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my household, except I'm the only one that ever takes it out. So it's a little, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a bit. I can't even mention this anymore because everybody's touchy about it. People keep putting stuff in everything until it's overflowing, which I guess is meant to be some kind of bat signal that it's time for dad to take it out. Well, when we're super cleaning, we bring up a Husky 55-gallon, you know, garbage can. And you know what? Maybe when some people super clean, you know what? I don't know what they think they're saving on bags. Fill a 55-gallon bag with literally anything and pick it up, let alone compost or like old Brussels sprouts or whatever. <laughs> and you try and pick up a 50, it's like when uh, a gang solves the uh, gas crisis. You know, you know how hard it would be to pick up 55 gallons of gasoline? You know, what weighs more, 55 gallons of that or feathers, right? Okay, I know, I get it, and and uh, but you're, are, are you, do you have your own time? To, I'm sorry to keep pressing this, but are, are you doing this in a relaxed way, or are you doing this in like a frantic way? I have I have enough time to prepare the way. Because got a little the, bit of the, a clock on you. The though. soonest delivery window they could give was within like a, a, a week, and a week is enough time for me to prepare the way. So I'd moved all the <laughs> furniture, I'd mm-hmm. taken the door off the hinge, 
I'd made a hole for the freezer, and then I had First to move hole. the. Mm-hmm. I had to move a freezer filled with sixteen cubic feet of frozen food over one freezer's worth of space. That was that was difficult because if you, I couldn't just go directly over one freezer's worth of space because there were pipes in the way, so I had to go over and out. Right? How am I going to yes. do this? How am I going to move this? Got to be. You, and, and you need to have confidence and assuredness because once you've moved the however many cubic feet of frozen food, you want to get that right once. So unless you want to bring an extension cord, you're still going to, and those usually don't have super long cords. Are you going to have to plug in two of these at once? Cause you want the other one cooling off. Yep, I had, get, I had, I'm saying there's more I, to this. Exactly. Because people just look at this and go, well, why didn't you just? It's like, I no, had no, no. An, Yep. I had an extension cord to plug in the other one, but first I need to move the other one out of the way. And so I had a plan Make for a hole because mm-hmm. I have some experience moving multi-hundred pounds worth of furniture without dying. Um, mm. One set of experience is when I was young, when my brother and I moved my two current couches from my grandmother's house. These couches were bought by a grandmother who insists on things being of the highest quality. So oh, they were, so you're talking about heavy ass uh, right. furniture of a different generation. They are sofas, and they were both sleeper sofas. If you've ever had to move a sleeper sofa, sofa that converts if into a bed, if you think it sucks to sleep on it, you know the bar. Mm-hmm. If you think it sucks to sleep on a sleeper sofa, just in your head, like eyeball. Like for example, I know exactly, I know what exactly what forty pounds feels like because that is the size of bag of litter we would get for mm-hmm. our dead cat. And um, I know 40 pounds. And I could tell you, you hand me two things. I could definitely tell you if weighs, this weighs more than or less than 40 pounds. And I have a mnemonic for this, okay? To memorize this, 40 pounds is heavy. Like, I, I can't carry anything more than 40 pounds ever. <laughs> yeah, so the sleeper sofas, they must weigh multiple hundred pounds because they are metal frames. You frames. think it sucks to sleep on it? Try moving one. I would guess it adds... I don't want. I don't want to exaggerate. I would say at least fifty, maybe hundred pounds. It's it's probably like a two hundred. They're crazy heavy, off. and they also like even if you like lock them down and tie them up, they still kind of want to fly apart. Like you're like you're trying to get you know the xenomorph out of the airlock. Yeah, so we I moved those when I was a younger man, and my brother was younger as well, and we moved them <laughs> just by being young. That's how we move them with our hands and being young. Um, today, I would never That's even. That's also back it. when you used to type all the time and never thought. Yeah, about I, it. I, we moved. We 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 hand loaded them out of her yeah. house and into like a U-Haul truck, and then we drove them up to Massachusetts, right? And they're they're Ugh. still sitting in my room right now. We've still never bought a couch. It's still those same ugly grandma couches that are in there. So that's one thing I have experience here. The other one is I was given for free, which should have been a clue, but wasn't given for free. I believe it was a 34-inch Sony Vega Trinitron television, CRT. 34, oh, it's whatever CRT? The bi- it's whatever the biggest CRT That must weigh 150 pounds. It was the biggest CRT Sony ever made. I would watch a video, well, probably on that one channel I like with the acronym, but that that is a giant, It's so, John, is it not hilarious to look at photographs from like the year 2000? Like my cool Sony, my Sony monitor that I had at work, which was so fancy. And like, and like, it takes up like a third of my desk. Why? Well, you just had that around your house? Uh, it was a friend offered it to me for free. Said, hey, uh-huh. I'm getting a new TV. That's I have no an plasma, old one. But, yeah. Do you want it for free? Uh, okay. And I said, you know, I love Sony. I love Trinitron. My current All it cost me is my freedom. Right. So this is a free Trinitron television. Great. <laughs> you're not you're not made of stone yeah yeah uh so uh, the free should have been the clue because uh, as you know with anything like this certain large items in your house in your house not only can you not sell them 
you can't give them away. You have to pay people to come and take no. them. No, my my friend gave me. Uh, we I, we had a friend. I've told you about this guy before. In Tallahassee, played in bands with super nice guy. First person I ever met with perfect pitch. He's the one who described it as uh, like seeing a color, which I thought was smart. Hey, Bob. And Bob had this habit of giving people broken things and, and then telling you a story about how important it was to him. And like he would give you like a rat pedal or you know like a like a tape delay or something. He gave me. He brought it to my house. He says, I got to drop something off for you. And he dropped off the tabletop radio and he told me the whole story, the whole story. And like he and his dad, when he was a kid, he's, he's, you know, 15, 20 years older than me. He and his dad would listen to the radio together. And like, I really want you to have this. And I, I turned it on and uh, it didn't work. He says, oh yeah, yeah, it needs new tubes and they don't make them anymore. <laughs> hey, have a TV. What'd you call it? Was it you say a Sony? So it's uh, that uh, the Sony technology. I've watched some videos. I think Technology Connections did a video on this. It's it, the Trinitron. Trinitron is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Fascinating how that stuff works. Yeah, and I was I'm such a big Trinitron fan. This is the biggest Trinitron they ever made, I think. Uh, but I knew it would weigh a lot, and so I, I knew that why I was giving it to me for free because normally you have to pay someone to take this out of your house. Is this in your finished room or in your unfinished room? This was back when CRTs were, you know, no, were, no, where you where you've had it. I mean. I had it in the TV room. It's just an upstairs living room where our current television is, right? So I went over to his house and I brought with me lifting straps. You're familiar with lifting straps? (laughs) Yes, you swear by them. Yes. So Because you can do superhuman things using uh, just uh, basically uh, textiles and and leverage. It's like a seatbelt, like a bunch of big seatbelts. No, no, you you, you extolled the virtues of this on a previous uh, Replacing Alone Appliance episode. Yeah, so... I, this must have been like a 350 mount television and we carried it with lifting straps and we carried it up from his basement because oh of course God. it was in his basement, of not course. on the ground level. Uh, that was a big drama. Um, but anyway, that's probably the heaviest appliance I've ever carried. Uh, was that was that television with lifting straps, right? So I said, I have a problem. I have to move a 16 cubic uh, foot uh, upright freezer filled with frozen food without turning it off. But I only need to move it one freezer's worth of space. I'm going to get myself a new set of lifting straps. Oh, good for you. And since the, since the time of the, the CRT television, you know what else I have? Another asset that I have? Like, what is it from Princess Bride? Let's uh, it's, uh, inventory our assets. What are our assets? Right? Mm-hmm. Right. A wheelbarrow. Why didn't you say something? You know what one of my assets is now for what? this current job? Oh, what? I have a 17-year-old son. Oh, my God. 17-year-old boy. John, it was, hiding, it was hiding in plain sight the whole time. I grew, I grew another worker for the, <laughs> for the farm. <laughs> oh, my God. You're practically a farmer. Normally, I would say me and my wife are going to do this, but my wife is small and like, I don't want her to hurt herself. And, you know, especially with lifting straps, when there's a big height difference, it can be tricky, right? Yeah. It's like when you're bringing something, even my lady and I, something's cat litter sized, bring it up and down the steps. Like who's going to go first? Who's going to go second? And like, despite the fact that my wife does recreationally lift weights and is probably a lot stronger than I give her credit for, she appreciated me not having her participate in this activity and mm-hmm. instead have our son do it. And so I got him down there. We See, put on I, lifting straps. You're, you're in spirit, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, maybe he's, I don't know if he should be out there, you know, picking out your light fixtures and you, you show him where the boob light is. But in this case, you're saying, you know, welcome, son. It's your Get first lift. Yeah. Get a harness. Get in the harness. So we got all strapped up there. We lifted this tel- We lifted this freezer filled with frozen food that's still running. We moved it over one freezer's worth of space and we put it down. So 
And, oh, and by the way, before I did that, I had put masking tape on the floor, marking exactly where it was. So the new one could be exactly yep. in the spot where yep. the old one was. Yeah. Right? It's basically like Sims. You're just basically just dropping it down. You slide down and it pops yeah. into place. So now I've prepared the way. The old freezer is there. It has moved over one space. Uh, the, uh, the place where it used to be is marked out on the floor with masking tape. The door is removed from the hinge. The furniture is rearranged. The path has been cleared. I open, by the way, and this is another thing you have to do when you're preparing the way, open the bulkhead and chase away the snakes, remove any dead rodents that are there, and vacuum that sucker out. Oh, you mean you, you do like yeah, an underground St. Patrick? Yeah, because because yeah. it's the, inside that bulkhead is scary. It is dark and scary and filled with like all of the shells from the rodents that have eaten there. It, it, all it seems the... like a like not a perfect storm exactly, but like it's like it's just the, the right at the knife's edge of just the perfect size for something to be able to get in. Maybe a yeah. baby of something, but it's also just perfectly like cozy and sequestered from the elements. Mm-hmm. Where like once you do fit your nose in there, well, you know, you know, a um a mouse can fit through uh, the the uh, diameter of a dime. And a yeah, rat and, can fit through the and, diameter and of a quarter. You, the mice and the a snakes snake. do not have to squeeze through a dime size opening to get in here. It's real easy to get in. The bulkhead is not well sealed at all. With with this bulkhead, uh, I don't know. You get in there and you're going to be pretty cozy. I mean, that's that's going to be you. Basically, they're they're going to take over the finish room. Yeah. So I had I had one dead mouse and a snake skin this this time. I'm always afraid I'm going to open it up and there's going to be the beady eyes of like <laughs> oh, a live a snake raccoon. Snake skin. That's like that old joke about remember they say what's worse than finding a worm in an apple. Mm-hmm. Half finding worm, half yeah. a worm and half an apple yeah so, oh snake, so. snake skin we're back to the xenomorph there okay so you've gone you've gone beyond you've you've got your son strapped in and you've also prepared all the different ways as best you can you've got you've got masking tape on the floor to identify the perimeter mm-hmm. and then, the, then the, where's the, the door the door to the finish room off the hinges right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh delivery time comes um, and I've done all the measurements there. And delivery time comes. I show the people, here's where you're going to take it. You're going to take it around the back. You're going to bring it down the bulkhead. Uh, and you're going to go through here and you're going to go put it right here. Right. And so they look at it. Oh, so that you, you're doing an Italian run through. Yeah. The guy who's there okay. takes out his tape measure and starts measuring some stuff. And he's uh-huh. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. job, Lou. Check the police work. Yep. He gets to the door <laughs> that, uh, the, the door to the bulkhead, like the, the door to, you know, inside the bulkhead is that door. And he says, yeah. this one's got to come off the hinges, too. Because he did notice that I had taken the other one off. And he said, this one's got to come off the hinges, too. The door that opens, not the frame. The door, yeah. The door to the outside. Yeah. Yes. Not not the ones that are an angle, but the vertical. I'm not trying to, I'm sorry. I sound like I'm trying to be all Derrida. But, like, the hole will be okay, but the hole must be afforded by removing the wooden door on hinges. Yep. The one that's okay. on, the ver- plain old vertical door that's on hinges also needs to come off because it can't open up. And I'm like, okay, I can do that too. Well, it's like so Larry one- Wall says, if you don't know the difference between a door and a doorway, that's all the difference in the world. Yeah. So <laughs> that door comes off the hinges too. And now, by the way, that means the, the basement is totally open to the freezing cold outside air. So there's a little bit of a clock running on that. But anyway. <laughs> so you got an upgraded freezer. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they bring, you know, and, you know, I, I told them you're going to definitely have to take the door off. So don't put the door on or whatever. So Thing comes down with the door off on it. They they have their own lifting straps. They are experienced. They come down through the bulkhead with the thing on the lifting straps. They bring it through. I, I, I bet I bet they basically look like a here suit sloppy Joe. I bet those guys. I bet those guys are like pretty f- like hand fruit shaped, big beefy guys, appley guys. Yeah, and here's the thing with the people who deliver your furniture. I admire yeah. our, I admire and appliances. I admire their ability to navigate large, heavy items through narrow openings. I do not admire yeah. their ability to assemble uh, the finished product in place. Well, also, just it's not, as I'm sure you can attest, John, I don't mean to be stepping on your bit, uh, not in the daintiest way. 
Like people could, like there are, uh, when you deal with any, you know, Stern Lecture Plumbing comes out to the house, man, they're just, they're just grabbing stuff. They're using stuff. They're moving stuff. Like our landlord stole our ladder years ago and never even realized it. That kind of thing. Like, you know, <laughs> a shirt that belonged to my dad used as a rack. <laughs> and sometimes when they're carrying in your appliance, they're very focused on, on uh, landing that on the helipad, but they may not be thinking so much about like, say, for example, your recently redone front door. No, they're, they're, that's the thing. They're good about that part. But when you Are get they? an appliance like this, you know, like, for example, the door is not on this yet. The door is a separate item to carry down because like, it wouldn't fit with the door. On it, the right? door for the freezer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. and I makes would it much smaller, rather, makes it lighter. Yeah. What I tend to do and what I should have done in this case is say once they pull down that bring down the heavy thing and put it there, then then I should have said, OK, you guys, you're done. Don't plug it in. Don't try to attach the door. Let me do all that because they're in a big hurry to get out of there. Right. Give give me something to sign. You guys can go. Thank you so much. Yeah. I please let me put let me do all the shelving on the inside. Let me do that because I will do it carefully. Oh, this this is like being at the Apple Store and they take off the sticker without asking. Yeah. It just I, no, you, you should. Know. I let I let my uh, I let my kid do my sticker this week. But uh, I'm with I'm with Max Tempkin. You, you you'd never assume that you can just take somebody's sticker off. Yeah. So and if that's John's shelves, John, you got thoughts on where the shelves go? You know, because they're so easy to to break or screw up or you know anyway. Well, no, but like, what if you stick it in there and you you get a little bit cattywampus and then you tear off like tear off or you know the cheap plastic that holds those things up? You might have just ruined your ruined your box. The way remember la- remember uh, last year last Christmas when I almost broke my TV because I tried to put it in by myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, remember that the, story where I leaned it against the coffee yes, table? That's, that's the flip side of that is sometimes you should let them do it because you're going to screw it up. But I trust myself more. That's than the I exception that proves the rule. But, yeah. but but they're there and they're busy. They're working. They're not done yet. Yeah. So the, they did attach the door and they were having trouble with the top part of it. And their solution was just to bang it with their fist until it went on. I'm like, and I said, OK, OK, that's it. And they're like, well, we, have to, we still have to level Point it for personal you. Privilege. Yeah, we still have to level it for you. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll level it myself. I know oh, before yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, level. Yeah, for sure. I'll handle it. And as soon as I yeah, just, it, just because you deliver my bed doesn't mean you get to test it with my wife. Yeah. So they eventually left. Right. And after they left, I, I got to leveling it, which was a whole day procedure that was extremely painful because the but it's one door, not two. So the disparity is not as obvious as on the side by side fridge. Yeah, but like you don't understand how not level. <laughs> the floor in my basement it's a lot not oh because you're in the same house yeah, yeah it's I it's get not it. it's not off by like a centimeter or a millimeter it's off so by what do like, you do do you make it square with the it's sort of like when you're fixing the uh like if you've got some lens distortion or you know an artifact of the type of shooting you're doing and you want to like fix it up but you can't do it too much or it looks really weird are you squaring with the floor or the earth the earth got to do the earth because you got to have the door swinging like you the put right shims way. underneath or something shims Two by fours. Rabbits? Oh, come <laughs> on, by John. That's Two how unlevel the floor is. That's, no. Yes. It's ridiculously unlevel. You're saying that the floor, the, from the furthest point of here, the furthest point of there, there's up to two inches inches of difference? Yes. Um, and the part of the reason for that is, oh the you know, this is in a basement. It needs to be close to a wall. Like it's like, a, you know, six inches from the wall. Or a bulkhead, right? as you say. Yes. Um, oh and my the, God. The, the cement floor in our basement slopes up precipitously as it gets closer to the wall. And so the oh, back legs, it, it, it's, a, it's seeking freedom. It's huh. like, it's like tilted forward. And, anyway, so it's oh got to be level God. and plumb. You must feel like you're losing your mind down there. 
So I spend a long time fighting with that because the little feeties they give you to adjust, they only give you feeties on the front. The back just has wheels. The front Sometimes has little twisty feeties. Sometimes people can get a little bit cute about how much the feedy's going to do. But the but the feedy's like adjust by like three centimeters. So for you, the feedy needs to work with the corrected uh, uh, longitude of yeah. the of of the two by fours. The two by fours do the heavy lifting of fixing it with God's earth. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. It's speaking of tile puzzle. This is like become like a game of mist. Because I have I'm a basically, limited, I'm basically not going to sleep tonight, I can tell you. And this, I have a limit. This is where I didn't do well in preparing the way. I have a limited selection of items in the house that can be used to shim this fridge. I have like five pieces of wood in three different okay. sizes. That's it. The, those all, and this is why I save cardboard, for, for example. There's nothing that you would, being whom, who you are and knowing that things need to leave your house, there are very few things that wouldn't be wasting something useful that would afford you that kind of material yeah i didn't have any actual shims you can't use cardboard because it's compressible like you know for example john right now you've got you've got your old computers and boxes do you ever keep a box from amazon or whatever just because it is in your estimation a good box i don't but other people in the household do okay it's for sh- that's for sure hoarding hoarding because i do the same thing i have i have some i had a pick i've had t- two trash pickups in the last month and i still have a box of boxes or boxing I have many, I have many boxes of boxes in my house, but, but yeah, I did not have a bunch of different size pieces of wood. I had a no, limited no, no, selection. No, no. So it's like, the, it's like the, the Santa's elves puzzle. Like this, this kid likes hmm. these presents and this elf only makes this thing. And like, Oh, can I you see. figure you, you, out a if way you, if you leave the elf get, with the elf with the wolf, the, then the chicken eats the yeah. boat. I've got four corners of this fridge and I've got six pieces of wood in three different sizes. Oh, you're talking about three dimensions also. <gasps> you could be super cattywampus. You could be like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, what's a movie interception with the one where and, they put the paper clip in so the paper. He, and yeah. so here's the thing. You're folding time is basically what you're doing. There's a reason tripods have three legs and not four. Like things mm. you put a camera on to be steady because a thing with three legs is always uh-huh. stable. Like you can't shake it. Like, right. Anything with right. four legs, you know, if you don't have those things all seated, it's going to rock. Right. Oh, dun, dun, I'm going to write dun, that dun. down. That's good. Dun, dun. You oh, know, man. it's going to rock. So you need to get all four oh corners correct yes. or this thing but is going to rock. Tripod, I mean, to state the bloody obvious is that you also then can adjust each leg separately. Mm hmm. And no matter how you adjust those three legs, all three legs will be firmly planted. They will not yes, rock. Yes, but it is a project management triangle. So unless you've got a separate, not a gimbal, but unless you've got a separate like mount, like a shoe mount, hot mount, whatever, you are changing the top of the thing. You're changing its relativity to Earth uh, each time you adjust what appears to be an independent leg. But in your case, you have two by four. Oh my gosh, John! I've got a thing you with need four to points. I've got a thing with yeah. four points of contact, right? So I okay. want it to be okay. level and plumb. But I also need it not to rock. <sighs> yeah. Try that. Try taking one of the chairs, one of your chairs on your table that has no. four legs, and stack two quarters under one of the legs. The more sides you add to something, the closer it becomes to a circle. You know what I mean? That's like if you, just because something has like, uh, let's say you've got a uh, seven-sided lighthouse made of dreams. I mean, six is nice for gripping. Eight is nice for stopping. You get to too many, and pretty soon you're like one isometric triangle away from uh, something that's round. And like the opposite of what you wanted with three firm feet. Yeah. And four is just one more than three. So it's the worst case scenario. Like I said, tape two quarters to the bottom of one leg on a chair and see how nuts it drives you because you're constantly rocking. So I need to get because this can't rock when you grab the the door to open it. The whole freaking thing can't rock. So it can't rock and it needs to be level. And by the way, it doesn't need to just be level. It needs to actually be tilted back slightly because you want the door when it's open at a 45 degree angle to swing shut on its own. You ever, you ever, you ever go up, get up in the middle of the night to have some frozen ham 
<laughs> and a whole frozen ham falls on your foot. It's not fun. So I, I do eventually level this thing after a considerable amount of pain. And then I get to the point where I open it up and start doing all the internal shelving. And that's when I find some of the internal shelving is cracked, probably during transport. You know, the plastic pieces oh, are cracked so, off. So it's a, it's a contiguous piece of plastic, not like a, a mesh style. It's like a... It's yeah. like a thing no, like that a holds the like a refrigerator up. shelf. I get it. I get it. Yeah, well, it was like a drawer that pulls out, and the drawer has a little slide, and that thing had been John, cracked. I'm just so gonna I get say, up. in general, I mean, like I know f all about appliances and refrigerators, but but I feel like okay, I feel like you guys talked about this on your car show. Like when you get in, like I don't know, J Random nice car, like a BMW or whatever, like the controls, the knobs, the radio. Like there's a feel to it, sort of like when you use a power mate. You know what I mean? And you're like, ooh. That feels good. Or like when you, you you hit the ball to roll around in a video game, like that feeling of like click or like when you close the door on a BMW and leave the douchebag inside. But that that feeling, I get the opposite of that from all of the shelving and extra things in every refrigerator. I'm always like, are you kidding? Are you sure this is for the mm -hmm. right model? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's so like clunkety clunkety. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how much you pay, that doesn't seem to get any better, which boggles my mind. It's like, could they just spend the extra, you know, five bucks to get good plastic? They should make a nicer trim package. Like, you should be able to say what it is that you want in this kit. But I oh felt like, like <sighs> after this amount of pain getting this thing in and leveling it and everything, I'm like, I'm not giving up on this fridge. I'm going to, I fixed it with crazy glue. <laughs> I, That's I, okay. I took it I out. Mean, if I it holds it, I crazy food, glued. it's doing its job. So I fixed it with the crazy glue. I, I took out all the blue tape, <laughs> took out all the padding stuff, got the thing all <laughs> leveled, tape. plugged it in, got it cool. Yep. Um, wow. It was started doing some weird stuff where it was like, door open alarm. I'm like, door's not open. What are you complaining about? I'm like, well, maybe I plugged it in before I had to fully attach the oh, door like or something. Oh, open. Because mm -hmm. I might have been confused about whether the door was attached. I'm yeah, like, it's well, got a whatever. little gyro uh, solenoid kind of thing, and maybe it's off plumb. Yeah, because it does have a door open alarm, which is a feature that we wanted. But anyway, I silenced the door open alarm. Uh, it still had the high temperature light on in the front of it. I'm like, well, I just plugged it in. It is high temperature. So I plugged it in. I let it get cool. Mm -hmm. uh, they transferred all the food from the old fridge into the new fridge. I carried oh. the old fridge up and out the bulkhead with my son with lifting straps, which was a lot mm -hmm. harder than I thought it would be. But we did it. Slight, slight damage to the old freezer. But who cares? It's the old freezer. We're never going to see that again. We'll just give it to someone who wants it because it still works. It just plays a weird song. I am really not liking your tone right now. I'm feeling very uncomfortable about whatever is coming <laughs> we, next. We put we put the old freezer. Because it sounds like you're about done, John. No, we, we put the old freezer into the garage and, and we left <sighs> the new freezer on for a while. And at that point, the new freezer started making a beeping alarm like beep, 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 which was the high temperature alarm. And I went and I said, that's weird. Why is it <laughs> making a high temperature alarm? It's freezing cold in here. <laughs> So I, uh -huh. I turned off the high temperature oh, so alarm. so it's like uh, it could be the alarm that didn't work. I turned off the high temperature alarm. Uh, and then for the next several days, every six hours, the high temperature alarm would go off on this freezer. John beep, beep, Craig beep, Syracusa. Beep, 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 that is not, there's no way. Are you kidding me? Beep, 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 beep. Every six hours on the dot. Right? And I was great yeah, at well, diagnosis. At it's regular. Like, it's like yeah. your own little personal, and the high temperature light, Big Ben. The high temperature light never went off. So I bought a, a freezer thermometer and I put it in there and it was negative 20 degrees in that freezer. But the high temperature alarm kept going that's off. That's plenty. That's plenty cold. Mine gets to negative 10, the one in my office. And mm -hmm. that's that's fine. So, yeah. Quick Google search for this make and model and high temperature alarm shows, hey, oh. a bunch of other people have the same exact freezer. And you're, you you're, know you're it, in a black every, mirror now, John. 
every six hours, the high temperature alarm goes off and there's nothing they can do to stop it, despite the fact that it's extremely cold It's letting cold you know that the alarm works, I think. And by the way, some frost was forming inside the thing, too, and it's supposed to be frost free. Oh, now that that feels like bad humidity control. Like maybe it's not the fans not working or something. Whatever the problem was, Ugh. I'm like, well, F this. I'm returning this. So it was within the 48 hour like return window. I called them up and said, yeah, you gave us a freezer. It doesn't work. Take it back and give us our money back. And they said, great, we can pick that up for you in about two and a half weeks. Oh, well, hmm. And so if you decided to say the opposite of F it and say, I'll just learn to live with this, then that would be now your road becomes either get okay with the six hour beeps. Could you do it one more time, please? Oh, no, I'm never going to be okay with the six hours beep and the frost. Remember the frost. Never going to be okay the with frost, that. So what I mean, I'm that... sorry. I, I, I'm using some, some fifth grade memories here, but that isn't the frost because of moisture. Like it's not it's like it's incomplete. Of. Like why does your like why does a crappy window air conditioner get frost-free icy? Frost-free freezers have a cycle where they get rid of mm-hmm. the frost that's in them. By dehumidifying, right? Yeah, I think. And this freezer was not doing that correctly. And that's also, no good. That's no the good, high temperature John. alarm would go off every six hours. Beep beep beep. And it was very insistent, and you knew where it was coming from. So what we did instead was I called them. I said, "Take this thing away." They said, "Fine, we'll come pick it up in two and a half weeks." Two and a half I'm weeks. Like, fine, yeah. but you're taking it. And then what we did was we plugged in the old freezer in the garage. We moved the food from the downstairs into the ups into the freezer that's now in the garage. And now the downstairs freezer is sitting there in the spot where I carefully leveled it, powered off, door cracked open, waiting for them yeah. to come take it away. When they Two come and take weeks. it away, I'll have to re-prepare the way for them to get out of my house. But anyway, the food is back in the old freezer. And now that the old freezer is in my garage, it yeah. is no longer making its song. Oh, my God. What is, so, is it? I can't decide. Is it a Black Mirror? Is it an O. Henry? Is, is it just something from the Book of Revelation? This is unbelievable. John, come on. I mean, this is the so writers have really given up the season. After they come and take away the new freezer, we're going to have a choice. Our choice uh-huh. is, should we move the old freezer back downstairs and say, well, we tried to get rid of this old freezer and failed? Or should we buy a new, the garage, new freezer? The gra- you, oh, you, how did you fit that into your garage to begin with? Wait, you have the crazy garage, right? Yeah. Wait, you, wait, is it not you? The car, does, has... not, the car has not, does not fit in our garage. Our garage is still filled with crap, including this freezer. The car is not going to fit in this garage until the freezer gets out of there, for sure. And also it gets hot in the summer, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it would, I mean I'm mean, i not trying to sound dim. That would really put a hurting on that freezer. Would it? It, it would have to work freezer extremely undead? hard. I, <laughs> what, uh, we're not sure what the deal with this freezer well, is. We thought it was dying, beep. but now it is. You couldn't hear the beep, except when you're not getting your car. But now it has somehow cured itself. So anyway, that's the situation we're in with our freezers right now. Are you tempted? Are you tempted to say, hey, Alex, put the straps on? We're, we're going back through the bulkhead? Come with me if you want to live? I am somewhat tempted, but I'm also somewhat tempted to just buy a newer freezer. It's a Sisyphean lesson from you. You're teaching him. This is this is, this is is what it is. This is this, as, as I think Christopher Walken said. This is, yep. you, this is life. When you get to go and have it all, strap in because we're going through the bulkhead, buddy. And the final insult to finally end this freezer thing, which is not nearly the end of my busy year and body and other things. There's so much more to this, but I'll have to wait for future shows. But the final thing I will add to the freezer saga is that of my choices of freezers that I can purchase, if I wanted to get a new freezer, I have basically two choices. One, the freezer that is exactly the same as the one that didn't work. That same freezer, it's a GE, comes in many different brands. (laughs) Right. Best Buy sells yeah. it. Lowe's sells it. Home Depot sells it. 
Like we, we've got, we, we use this uh, brand of compostable bags, only one brand of compostable 13 gallon bags that I like, and I really do like them, but we're in a lot right now of, uh, we're probably on our, at least our third, I'm not kidding, our third box where almost every one of the compost bags has a, a species ending rip in it. <laughs> and I, I keep, I, there's a total like annoyed grunt thing where I'm just standing there in the kitchen going like, and do I compost the old bag? And they're all, and I just feel like such a sucker as I keep opening defect after defect. And I imagine somebody, somebody in Birkenstocks just laughing, just laughing somewhere. You could just put the bags inside each other and rotate each one a small number of degrees each time and get one bag. It's compost all the way down. Um, but, uh, but would you feel like a sucker, John? Would you feel like a sucker if you said, Hey, you gave me a broken fridge and I prepared the way for it. Can I please have a different one? Well, but that's the thing. So my choices are one, that same Number fridge one. under different brands. They sell yes. it under the Insignia brand. They sell it under the GE brand. They sell it in a few different sizes. Serta, Sealy, Posturepedic. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right. And my second choice is various um, incarnations of my old fridge, right? Same, like they sell it under Maytag. They sell it under Whirlpool. But you look at the pictures and like, that's the same damn fridge. So my choices are buy a new version of my old what fridge. Did you, call, did you call this the final insult? Yeah. Because this this is actually this is actually just become epic. I mean, as in epic as in truly like the definition of this is a story about something very important. If you after all of that you arrive back at a new version of an old problem or another copy of the new one. And the reason those are my only choices is because all the other upright freezers are oh, we can get that for you in a few months. Supply chain. Yeah, exactly. These are the only ones that are in stock. Exactly, John. I mean, what do you think a scrapbook is? It, it, you know what I'm saying? Well, ask, ask your wife. She probably know. I imagine she's got boxes for that. But you, when you when you're scrapbooking, like I said, this in the wisdom document, you know that storage is one of the least assertive ways to use your space. And we've talked. I think we talked about space a couple times on here. That's the, one of the least assertive ways because storage is ultimately about warehousing the past instead of creating holds for the future. So now you get to have the worst of both, but you can still bond with your son, which is nice. Yeah, so this is to be continued. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but it is unresolved. Well, hang on. Wait, so you're in the... Okay, so you got your uh, your thing over the line uh, in the two days where, like you said, okay, this process of me being the owner of this refrigerator is coming to an end. Okay, we'll get it in two, two, maybe two and a half weeks. So we're in the partway through that right mm-hmm. now. Old fridge is in the garage mm-hmm. and it's spontaneously healed. It's mm-hmm. gone into spontaneous fridge remission. Yep. And now, now the choice becomes: Is this something you feel like you could wait out until maybe big January white sales? I mean, I have no choice. It's not even if I wanted to order one today. Who knows how long it would take to get here? You're totally right. Like, even you stuff, know, why even supply chain stock. Supply chain. Yeah. So it's a mess. So that's that's the end of not the end. That's. To be continued in the future, and there are other appliance sagas going on at the same time as, and other body-related sagas that are going. On. And your body—we haven't talked about your body. It's the end of the year. It's a, it's a, what is it? A hurry, hurry, go, go time for you, and you got to deal with your body. Yes, you, I do. You, you told me in the in the pre-flight that you don't say Merry Christmas except on on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. John, this is um, I'm I, I'm the last person in the world that should be saying this. I'm worried that you might be becoming a cautionary tale. 
not through no fault of your own. I mean, I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not well, to Well, no, be. but like you're Homerian at this point. You know, you've you've uh, lashed yourself to the mast and whatnot. But there's there's so there's so much more to it. That's what I'm saying. To be continued in a future episode. I feel very stressed out right now. How are you dealing with this? Are you are you doing any kind of like a, a mindfulness thing? Are you like, you know, taking care of the elderly? What do you do to um as my roommate Tony used to say, download stress, which is not, I don't think, what he means to say. How are you downloading stress right now? A big part of it is giving up, I feel like. Uh-huh, yeah. There's a lot of that, especially with the body mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to make some private pant changes. I'm finally taking it off a little bit, but I had gained 10 or 15 pounds. That, those are not like. my body problems, but yes, I understand where you're coming oh, from. Oh, no, do you have the Sorry, excuse me. Are you are you, are you ill? <laughs> uh, okay. Future. Um, it's not okay. nothing serious, but it is annoying crap. So to be continued. <laughs> I used to have crap that was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a joke because I had ulcerative colitis. Sure. And so that's why I said that about the crap. <sighs> 